are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL prime time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? How you like me XL now? XL Primetime, ready to crank it out. A Mokama Beer Company Monday. We are ready to rock and roll. Gorgeous day out there. We are minus Big Surce. Uh, hopefully he will be back tomorrow, but we are ready to rock and roll. As I honestly, I, I, I reported to Jaguars today uh, earlier as I came limping in the studio, noticeable limp. Uh, and then I tried to go up to uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Thought it would be a great game, Duke and Wake Forest. Even though Wake Forest was unranked somehow, some way, Vegas knows something against the number eight team in the land. They were minus two and a half points. I said, I got to get me some of that. I went up there, and the next thing you know, I am involved in a court-storming situation. And guess what? I'm back to limping like a loser. Uh, I can't walk hardly, and it's all because of the court storming. No, no, I did not get shivved in the thigh or the calf or anything like that. Could have. I just got run over. I just got run flipping over. Matt Hayes, I have had people text me over the weekend constantly, uh, including Grant the 210 Painting Man, just trying to find out. But was not me, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I didn't say one thing to you guys yeah, when you did that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, have I was the first one to sound the alarm in the yeah. te- in the XL primetime group chat. Yeah. I was very much the first one to see it, send it, Matt, dot, dot, dot. Thoughts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who aren't yet in the weeds because March doesn't begin officially until Friday, um, in terms of college basketball, let us give you the context of the players involved, these two teams in particular in Wake Forest and Duke. Duke, obviously, you all know who Duke is when it comes to basketball. Kyle Filipowski, a preseason All-American, the preseason ACC Player of the Year by some accounts, has largely underperformed or at the very least hasn't been at that ACC first team level, but is still one of the bigger names per se, at least on the East Coast of college basketball. Wake Forest needed this one to make the NCAA tournament. Their only quad one win of the season, boys. Do, mm. do you know? Their only quad one win of the season up to this point before Saturday. Yeah, it's not Miami. Um, how about the <laughs> University of Florida, uh-huh. yeah. which that only retroactively became a quad one win after Florida's win over, I believe it was Kentucky a few weeks ago. Yeah, we're um, just trying to help. So they need another quad one win. Steve Forbes, the head coach at Wake Forest, was waging war on ESPN and Joe Lenardi uh, saying, who does Joe Lenardi think he is? Well, he's popping up all the time during mm-hmm. your the broadcast of your games to say that you're on the bubble. We don't even know who Joe Lenardi is. Well, the war on Joe Lenardi was won, and it was at the expense of Kyle Filipowski, who, of course, as now is known throughout the world, was... The guy who might have stuck his foot out. Chop blocked. Was he tripped? Yeah, he might have stuck his foot out. Denmark, uh, let's roll the tape. Yeah. I mean, just like any other uh, upset game where, you know, the the fans rush the court, just, you know, all all hell goes crazy. And, um, you know, just trying to get my way off the court. And, you know, you've got these crazy college students just doing whatever they want. And, you know, it's just got to be a little, got to be a little more protective when things like that happen. I've already heard that there's some videos of, of you know, getting punched in the back. And um, so I absolutely feel like it was personal. Um, 
um, you know, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, there's, there's, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court and they, they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that. Um, so yeah, like everyone knew it was coming. They were up four with two seconds left. You know, everyone was just waiting for the moment and they did what they did, do anything to stop it. Like they didn't do anything to stop it is, you know, that's just ridiculous. Intentional, he says, and uh, shocker, uh, Duke uh, has uh, fan bases from other teams uh, uh, ready to rail against them. Just imagine if Christian Leitner had been out there way back when uh, in court storming. He would have gotten rolled because, uh, uh, as you just heard uh, Filipowski say, he kind of felt like uh, he was targeted just a little bit. Uh, it, it, it was a scene, and, and as much as I've been on the one side, Matt, of give them – their moment, give them that 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 video replay where they can just go viral. Uh, I saw some idiots on the court <laughs> Saturday afternoon. There is no question about that. I I saw some gamers out there that just they were blinded by the idea of rushing onto the court and not paying attention. And they did try and truck him, not because they had something out uh, for him. They're just idiots. Just idiots storming the court. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those idiots might do something a lot worse than running over a player. Yeah. That's kind of been my point all along. Never underestimate stupidity. Yeah. Never. Well, they do that's have. Literally, if you're like a risk management guy at a university and you are a risk management guy at a university that deals with facilities, that should be your number one goal. Never underestimate stupidity. Yeah. Well, my, my, my slogan's always been don't discount dumb. But at the same time, we have had countless court stormings, and then whenever something like this happens, and granted, it happened, and it did not look so good, uh, everyone says, you got to get rid of it, you got to ban it, this is the problem, and, and then I even heard Jay Billis say the countless number of, of uh, injuries that have occurred. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are. Just haven't heard them. I think we've heard of countless injuries of non-players mm -hmm. of those who actually willingly storm the court. I can go back to 2015 when Iowa State down 20 against their rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and Randy Pete, Randy Peterson, if you uh, recall, the longtime Des Moines Register writer, Matt, when he got tripped, ended up breaking his leg and ended up having surgery when he was tripped by a fan. That one got a lot of play for about five months or so and mm -hmm. then kind of dissolved into the background. But for me, and I don't know if we need like a special sound effect for this, but I want to credit Jeff Goodman for coming up with this idea. But I think we have a solution, boys. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who may not normally listen to XL Primetime, we are the ones who carry the banner when it comes to court storming. We have been talking about court storming, field storming in college football for what, a good six, seven months now? Oh, longer than that. Our I moment feel. has come, and the solution is here, folks. Thank you, Dylan Denmark. The shot clock. We love the shot clock. We wish there was more shot clocks across the nation in high school basketball, right? Well, the shot clock, especially after hearing what Kyle Filipowski had to say just there post-game after the altercation on the floor, can be used to alert fans of when they can and cannot enter the court. Now, does that require some security to actually hold them back? Sure, but I think in due time, if you were to say to students... 30-second shot clock gets turned on the moment the game clock hits zero. Yeah, yeah. Once the shot clock counts down from 30 and the opposition have completely vacated the floor, 
You can have a fun countdown out loud. You could go five, four, yep. three, two, one, and then you all storm the court. I don't, I don't mind it at all. It I would know. be a cool moment, if yeah. anything, to hear the entire arena counting yeah. it down, and then it would make for a great sound effect on XL Primetime, too. Yeah, and you could come up with anything like that, but you have to be able to get players of the other team off the court, and, and that's the essence of it. That's the safety that everyone is talking about, uh, and John Shire almost went nuts uh, afterwards, and there was – you keep seeing the one Wake Forest kid that wants to take on the head coach of Duke with his phone, of course, uh, rolling at that at that uh, you know most important time. Anyway, I, I know that ESPN, Fox, whomever is televising the games, they love court storming. They love field storming because it's video that rolls over. You know what they over. love even more? And yet they're the ones that are sitting here trying to be judge, jury, You know what they would love over. even more and, yeah. and love even more? Yeah. If someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Or, well, they or might, God yeah. forbid something worse happens because then guess what? That's content. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They do love That's content. content, and they've got the video of it, baby. And now they get to take the Telestrator, and they get to spot shadow. Of, they get to do the whole deal, show everybody. And they've gone back and shown Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and just on and on and on with all these other ones. It's like they're, they're, they're feasting on it is I what mean, they're doing. I like Jeff Giggs, a friend of mine, Jeff Goodman is. Yeah. Here's my response to Jeff. You want to end court storming? If you're a student and you go on the court, you're expelled from school. Mm-hmm. It ends it immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit better than Jay Billis says, go ahead and arrest everybody. Charge no, not arrest everybody. You're not going to be able to yeah. physically. I'm not talking about arrest. All I'm saying is you on the court, you're expelled from school. Yeah. You cannot go to school anymore. Let right. me ask you this, though, Matt. And I understand the concerns of shivs, the concerns of safety. If all the parties who do not want to be on the floor for said court storming have vacated the floor... Yes, the university, I suppose, has the risk of its students rushing into a certain square area at the same time. But those fans are willingly entering the arena on their own accord. They give up their rights of safety when they enter. Like You have it in the ticket stub. I mean, like it's like what? Like act of God, this, that, and the other. Yeah. If someone trips as they're, you know, going down, you know, walking a concourse at a basketball arena, is the school liable for them tripping? On their own? You'd be shocked at what an attorney can prove in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Even with the, the whatever you sign away when you get tickets, you'd be shocked. There's, I mean, why even put yourself in that position? Because it's like tradition. Yeah, and it's nuts, And it's okay. the college. Because yeah. this is the thing. They're paying the athletes. They're letting them transfer whenever they want. This is the one wholesome college for the love of the game mantra, message, sentiment that still remains. I was worried about too many Dungeons & Dragons gamers getting onto the court uh, up there. Those Demon Deacon fans, uh, they're nuts. They're nuts. And they honestly, they they look crazed. They couldn't even see where they were going. But at the same time, I still understand that moment, that rare moment where you pulled off the upset or you beaten that uh, Why can't you do it in the stands? Why can't you just jump up and down in the stands like they do Virginia Tech football games? They did that the entire game. All right, yeah, so there so, you go. Great. Hey, you, you're so governed, Matt. You're so governed. No, I'm not governed. What happened to I'm, the unleashing I'm not of Matt stupid Hayes? is what it is. Yeah. Well, I realize that at some point something worse is going to happen. Okay, most students do not go to every game going and then, something and really, And then mommy really and daddy of the student who gets hurt? Yeah. Guess what mommy and daddy are going to do? Yeah. You think they're going to be happy? Oh they're going to go find an attorney. Gosh, I knew this is the road. And then they're going to go, go to the university, and they're going to try and get that university for millions upon millions of dollars because they didn't protect little Johnny yeah. when he was at the basketball so game. Why we, hasn't that happened already, though? Yeah, I was going to L- say, like do we Jay have an Billis, Right. Jay Billis said that there's been dozens upon dozens of injuries. I can't count on two hands mm-hmm. the players that have been injured. 
I could certainly dig up, you know, little Johnny or little Susie that got injured as a fan, and yet we don't hear about them. I so know, I can't believe that called, those lawsuits are— It's called are, settling out of court. Is it where yeah, but court even, even gets to court. Yeah even, yeah, even in today's world with the social media, those things are out uh, way fast. Anyway, if you guys have an opinion, 641-1010, jump in on it because this is the court-storming show, uh, XL Primetime. Mokama Beer Company, you know what they want you to do? Come in gracefully, exit with even more grace, but you can enjoy coffee every single day of the week, some delicious craft. Tuesday through Sunday, you can find them on— South 8th Street in beautiful Fernandina Beach, just as you're entering the historic area. It's an old 1950s car dealership and a really cool setup. And then their brand-new Wildlight location, which is also up in Nassau County. Look for their satellite tap room in Wildlight. And you can definitely check them out on the shelves at ABC or Total. Pick up some delicious craft. You can log on to mocama.com. Why don't, why don't I just go Will Ferrell old school, you know? Mm-hmm. Like right at the end of the game, you just announce, hey, let's go streak in the quad. It'd be awesome. It'd right? be awesome. If you could get them out, out of, out of the arena, Are that would little be Susie good. and little Johnny going to sue if they trip over the grass Yeah, or trip over campus. something else after uh, streaking? Well, yeah, you never yeah, know. Absolutely. Uh, that's all always possible. But again. But you got uh, a lot less chance of losing a, a court case in that situation yeah. than you do of being in a con- con- environment yeah but here's the thing and, and again i i i always where you quote this, unquote should have known better because you know that's coming i always look at this as you know in a completely lighthearted way because some of these things are serious but most of the time they're not and you don't think that they go do all that stuff old school after the game is over hell yeah that that's already part of their plan i mean streaking in the quad yeah well yeah they're good they're, they're gonna go have their fun and do everything uh and, and party their their butts off but I just don't know. If you have a solution to solve it, 641-1010. You can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, let us know. You don't like my solution, huh? Yeah. Well, well no, because it, it, it's, it's, it's basically— Am I being a dictator? Yeah, stripping the fun away. The dictator sure, of fun is yeah. what one nooner referred to you as. Right, Governed, well. uh, measured, I'm you know, also, all the I'm words— also the guy that's protecting the university from using, losing millions and— yeah, but lawsuit. I would think there's there's people all over the place on these campuses that are figuring out ways to sue a university, not just there at the game. My goodness, man! Uh, I just I feel like that that's the the rawness of going there. You're a student. You haven't competed in, in I don't know what for however long. This is the only moment that you get to enjoy something, soak it up like you're part of the team. Well, there's also the uh, it, there's a difference in taking risks, like you know jumping out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. And running onto a floor when you don't have control of a thousand other people. Right. You have no control of that. You have yeah. no control of what someone has or hasn't don't doesn't have on them. You have no control over over all of a sudden you getting clocked. Because believe me, if you get clocked and you're not waiting for it and you get hit in the temple, that's some damage, man. First man. take literally has like a Zapruder film right yeah. now matching up Kyle yeah. Filipowski's hit with Caitlin Clark's. Yeah. And Jay Billis is, of course, breaking it all down. This is right. This is content for them. They love this. this. Listen, I'd love it too because I know we can talk about it and it's going to get you riled up. Um, One of our Og dogs on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, Matt, says if baseball teams don't get sued for foul balls hitting fans in the face, then they won't have to pay a fan that rushes the court. Mm -hmm. And there's also uh, on that ticket as well. And and thankfully, actually, again, you're sitting in the stands. Right. You're not rushing onto the field or right, court of play. But I'll be I'll be honest. I'm more in a, worried. In a, I'm getting I'm more worried about being first uh third base line getting nailed uh, by a baseball. Of course. Yeah, than I am as far as getting hurt. I, I of course I understand all storming. of that. But but my and, and I get that. My point is you, you are going against the rules by rushing the court. 
Your rule of sitting in the stands, that's the rule. Sit in the stands. We're rushing the field for you college football fans out there, too, because this relates to you as well. Yeah. It was great content when Tennessee fans were carrying the uprights into the river next to Neyland Stadium, did it not? It was great content. But Matt was that was, was actually where I think the origin of this really began. Joe was the was the Tennessee rushing of the field against Alabama. Was that the Jermaine Burton one? Yeah. Was that yeah. yeah yeah? And so that might have been one of the first ones that actually kind of got it revved up uh, because it was one of Nick's guys, and then he was. Had well, you're his also at you're him. also asking these players who, who have just gone through if it's 40 minutes of I a basketball it. game or 60 minutes of a football game. Of high competition, yeah. high, high competition, especially if you're talking about an Alabama-Tennessee football game. Mm-hmm. And then all these idiots are running on the field afterward? What, yeah. what do they think's going to happen? Yeah. It, it, again, every single time you say it, I haven't heard too many of these things that have happened. I've heard of individual things that have happened. Well, we, we've, heard a, we've heard a few in the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I guess maybe the, the part that we are reaching – is that it's got everything's gotten a little out of control. It's not only that, it's also it, I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah. It's also where where we're headed as a society where it's all about me now with mm-hmm. these young guys. All yeah. right. It's all about me. It's all about social media. It's all about putting this video on. And if you can become a trend, yeah. or if you can become viral, whatever it is, you that's how you go do it. Yeah. All right. And so- and you and again, never underestimate stupid mm-hmm. because there'll be somebody out there with a camera trying to do some something viral. That could go badly quickly. Well, like I said, the, the, the Wake Forest kid that had the, the camera on the Duke basketball coach, John he was just dying for something to happen to where he could have his phone ready to go. And, and there are uh, this is the day and age where you are looking for something. Now let's transfer this to Cam Newton. And Cam Newton is involved in basically getting – he's trying to break up a fight. Then he gets sucker punched. And this is just pandemonium around him. So, yeah, I don't care what you're talking about. Any place out there, anywhere USA, something crazy could happen in today's world. Could it not? It could happen almost anywhere. I it's, mean, to be fair, though, yeah. if you're wearing that hat, you got to expect to be joking. He was dressed up. Do you you, 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 you're you wearing think, a hat like that. You had it coming? I love Cam. I yeah. love Cam. But yeah. if you're wearing that hat, you yeah. got to at least expect to be hopped on. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious because, hey, it was a full-on witch's outfit. It was literally a witch's hat. Yeah. And he had lost his, what do they call him, the wand or whatever? The, the, the wand. Yeah, whatever it was. He it, did acquit it was himself, on the, It was laying on the steps. I mean, the kid literally from behind started, started hitting him. Yeah. He threw that dude off, yeah, he started did. going after the other guys. Believe yeah. me, he had it under control quickly once he got jumped. Yeah, and, and Cam Newton is not a game manager. I'll just tell you guys that right now when, it, when it comes. Yeah, he's 6'5", yeah. He's a massive. He's a big dude, man. Massive Speaking of being. great content, that's what I view RG3 as in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Newton led Auburn to a natty with one offensive lineman that started an NFL game. No one else recording an NFL reception, rush, rush attempt, or pass attempt. He's used to being a one-man army. You are delusional if you thought some guys jumping him would phase him. Yeah, it's it's it was and he was ready, man. And so you pair these two things up, and and one thing is for sure, uh, anything can happen in today's world, and and someone's always rolling tape, always rolling tape. That's for sure. All right, so let's jump in, talk a little college football, tie it to the NFL Combine. Because you are talking about guys that are all either coming into Indianapolis starting today. There's already news about who's going to throw, who's not going to throw, and then we'll have we'll have all sorts of things wrapped around the Jaguars heading up to the NFL Combine beginning tomorrow. Yes, we are heading out tomorrow morning. Myself, Hayes Carlion, and Frank Frangie. 
maybe we do a little wish list mm-hmm. shopping on uh, today's program. Mm-hmm. A little, who are your five guys that you'll have your eye on at the NFL Combine? Look, we know there are plenty of draft picks that are, that are, are you know, all all Duval when it comes to the draft, trying to figure out what the Jaguars are, are going to do next. And, and we have had plenty of them that hit our text line uh, quite often. But, yeah, you put your wish, wish list out there because I'll give you one right now. And JPJ is a guy that you will even shorten his name, even though you may not know him. All right. His name is Jack Jackson Powers Johnson. He is a center out of Oregon. He is a guy that's been mocked in the top two rounds. Anywhere I would just classify it anywhere from 20 to 45, something in that neighborhood. Well, Jacksonville's picking 17th. He's been mocked to Jacksonville with that 17th pick overall. Did you ever think you would know this much about an Oregon center heading into the draft? I I, I didn't, but I I still want to hear the logic. Uh, and I'm not saying I'll dismiss it. I just want to hear the logic of, is that an important enough of a position that you are willing to go get him at 17? If he's mocked as, as far down as 45, whatever, middle second round, let's just say, are you going to give up your 17th overall pick for what you view as the most important or one of the main areas that you need to fix? It's a tough question to answer. I, I was saying it last week. If you If it's somebody you want and you think you're going to overdraft him, I don't know about a, comp- a full round of overdrafting, yeah. but if it's because potentially it could if, be that. But if you're at 17 and he's more of a mid 20s guy, and you feel like that's the guy we want, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And he he's going to bring that attitude and nastiness that mm-hmm. you need on either side of the of the interior line of scrimmage. I think you should do it. Trent Bulky doesn't care about optics. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, multiple perspectives from multiple sides of the eight ball, but. I don't see a world in which he concedes defeat at the selection of Luke Fortner. Mm -hmm. What I do see is, in the words of Doug Marone, situations where the best ability is availability and seeing Jackson Powers Johnson at the Senior Bowl working out at the guard position, knowing you have a gaping hole, at least of this writing, at that left guard spot before Mm -hmm. free agency begins, and saying he's not our center, we're playing him at guard, and that... All, all rising t- rising tides elevates all boats by having strength at the guard position that maybe elevates Fortner. And if it doesn't, then he can run him out of a job and they can compete in the years to come. That's the only world in which I see the Jaguars going interior so offensive line. They, Dan- I, they are not going to say we are drafting a center and Luke Fortner is bench. That right, is so, not happening. Okay, so Daniel Jeremiah had just came out with his top 50 players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jackson Prowse Johnson's number 29. Mm-hmm. If you're at 17, do you take him? Uh, that's what I'm fighting. I, I, I'm 100% dead red honest. If you have this. him on your board. It's similar to Daniel Jeremiah, 26, yeah. 27, 28, somewhere around there. Do you, right. do you, do you ever draft him by 10 spots? No, I would hesitate. I, I really would. And I also would – it would depend greatly on if a Jared Verse or one of these top cornerbacks that we're talking about is right there. Yeah, what do you need more? Well, it's value of position, too. It's the importance of the position. And, and I, I The position told, it's value right now is number 16. That's, okay, that's the position I, of value. I, I get it. Not number 16 overall, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, 16. Exactly. Number 16 on yeah. the team, right. The guy that wears his teal 16. Sure. That's the most important position. I, I totally get it. But at the same time, if you know what you're doing when it comes to building a roster, you don't Stop reach. Stop right there. Well, believe me. You know <laughs> Stop how critical right I, there. You know how critical I am of Trent Baalke. Uh, and I'm going to start calling him Trent Talkie uh, because he's not backing up his, what he's saying, okay? He needs to actually back up what he's saying with, with, with quality players. But that's you have to live with the idea 
of best player available over most important need more often at the top of the draft. I don't know that you do. You must adhere to that. You must adhere. I think you've got to get what you need. And then you're You've got to get what you need, period. What I see more The Ravens did. Now the Mm -hmm. Ravens will have a center for 12 years. Mm Mm-hmm. They got what they need. Yeah, but they also... They'll have one of the best centers in the league for 12 years. It was also their second first-round pick, and they also picked an all-pro safety who fell to 14 with the first pick. Right, Hamilton. But still, the point point being, he was there, and they picked him. Right, and they draft well. Look, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I'm just simply saying, philosophically speaking, I'm thinking of best player available because there are multiple needs on this football team. Multiple. I have a caveat to this argument of center, interior, offensive line, would you target it? So let's do that. Let's Mm -hmm. hit our wish list. Mm -hmm. We'll do that. We'll also give you some news and notes. Who is going to throw and compete at the combine? Who is not? We already know that Caleb Williams will not be throwing. We heard last week Cooper DeGene was the first notable top 50 player who won't participate in workouts, so we'll run through that litany as well. And XL Primetime will be there tomorrow. Yeah, NFL Combine, we will have it covered. Mia, French, Hayes, they will all be up there, so we'll have plenty coming from there, including Trent Baalke sitting down with 1010XL and your head coach, Doug Peterson. So you can keep it right here all week long for your best NFL Combine coverage. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room at Fernandina Beach. We love our friends up at Mokama Beer Company, and what a beautiful day. They've got that nice patio area in the parking lot, Josie. Often there's food trucks parked there, or at least when we go visit them up in Fernandina Beach. And, of course, if you can't make it out to the beach and the island, you can always stop by their wildlife location as well, right off I-95. Yeah, it's a little bit smaller tap room, but uh, all you need to do is walk in and be able to see the taps, right? And then you know everything's cooking and cranking uh, for you, so definitely check that one out as well. We also are checking out some of the marquee names at the NFL Combine, which I will be boots on the ground for, as will Hayes Carlion and Frank Frangie. That coverage, of course, brought to you by Hodges Mazda and Window World of Northeast Florida. Uh, bright and early flight, so uh, if you have any tips for for anything I should be doing today to prepare for a 6 a.m. flight and a 14-hour day tomorrow, please hit me up. Um, I did wake up. I told the queen of the building, Joe and Matt, uh, I woke up at 6.30 this morning, uh, got not one but two workouts in. I know I'm drinking coffee now, which kind of counteracts that. But, like, the goal is if I can tire myself out today, then tonight I'll crash, and then I'll be able to sleep maybe, possibly, before that 4.20 a.m. alarm clock. Yes? Possible? I I think no matter what. You're you're constantly waiting for that alarm to go off. Anytime you get you're catching a flight, I think everybody's always just waiting for that alarm to go off. The restless energy, unavoidable. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to go down that road. Yes, yeah. you're right. Oh, another one, another one. <laughs> no, That's a I, whole other deal. I know what you were thinking. Yep, uh, I, I did explore that too. Um, but no, we're 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 happy. We're happy, and it's a privilege to be going to cover the scouting combine and to be witness to so many great athletes on the field. Although some will not be on the field, Josie. Again, I alluded to Caleb Williams announcing late last night that he will not throw. Some prospects will be among the quarterback field, though. Um, also, uh, missed this. Earlier, um, we'll get to that. I missed the T. Higgins news. Sorry, I'm scrolling through all my Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport updates. Um, but we know that J.J. McCarthy will throw. We know Bo Nix will throw. We know that Michael Penix Jr. will throw. Drake May, unknown at this time. Jaden Daniels will also not be throwing at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Yeah, and so there are going to be guys that are either not going to throw, not going to work out. Marvin Harrison Jr., you can throw him in the pile of guys that aren't working out. And... 
It's just the way it is. And I, I appreciate that more and more players are going to the combine with the idea in mind that they need to move the meter. They need to show some of their skill set. They don't necessarily need to show everything. But, Matt, the, if you – like – Matt Miller, NFL draft scout, one of the guys who really does a right. good job. We've had him on before. But he basically says nothing they would have done, meaning Caleb, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., none of them would have changed his mind as far as where he already had them on his value board, which is what? Three of the first five picks in most people's mocks. So I get it. You might go and hurt yourself as opposed to improve your stock. But I want to see all those other cats work out. Uh, that's what I want to see. That's the key, the guys that are trying to improve their stuff. Yeah. Because we can talk all we want about the 10, 12, 14 guys that don't need to do it and really just have to go to their pro day and in a controlled environment and do it. But mm -hmm. it's the guys from, like, I don't know, 20 on that can move. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what the Combine's all about. And I and it's, it's, it's that, and it's also this is where you start your, you know, the Jags call it they want guys with character. This is where you start your idea of getting into these these guys' character, you know. And I said this about the Senior Bowl, too. It's, you know, do they make it on time to right. the event? Do they make it to meetings on time? Do they make it to whiteboard work on time? How do they interview? There's right. so much more than simply, <clears throat> excuse me, simply what they've done on the field because you have their tape. Their tape is the resume. Mm -hmm. But now you've got to see more about this guy. If you're going to spend four or five years, if you're going to spend millions in this guy, you've got to figure out, who he is beyond just playing football because it's so much more than that because that's guy. And I, and I always say this and her members told me this over and over. Mm -hmm. The guys that make it in the league are the guys that have it between the ears. It's not so much about talent. Talent is good. Talent is obviously big, but the guys that have it between the ears are the guys that make it and mm -hmm. play for eight, 10, 12 years. Quarterback whisperer joining us two o'clock mm -hmm. today. Yeah, I believe so. Now I know he's, I'm trying to think of exactly when he was traveling, so I'll have to check and make sure. But, but I know, I know to, to the he point. He had a busy schedule. I know right. that. Um, the quarterback whisperer, uh, and that is, of course, our, our very own Denny Thompson, noted that Anthony Richardson had to throw at the combine last year in light of everything that happened at the University of Florida, the disappointing season overall, the question marks. He needed to throw, and also they knew it would be a feather in his cap because of how well he would test pretty much across the board. Mm -hmm. But he has said, and I know he's not the only one because plenty of folks up in Indianapolis have said it too. The grease board is really where Anthony Richardson won the day at the NFL Combine last year. Yeah. And so that's where you look at a J.J. McCarthy, and I think scouts are so intrigued to see him throw at the Combine this week because not a whole heck of a lot was asked of him, perhaps, if you want to ana analyze it that way at times at Michigan because they were such a run-heavy offense. Mm -hmm. But I would think, Matt – if he's going to make himself money, if he's going to cement himself as a first-round pick, it has to be on what he does in those meetings with teams. Yeah, I, look, I, I think people know who he is as far as, a, as far as a thrower, as far as an athlete. He'll run, and he'll be really fast. He'll probably be the fastest quarterback because I don't think Jaden Daniels is running. So he'll be, he'll be the fastest quarterback there. Um, that'll open some eyes, obviously. Yeah, but then it's and it's just, this isn't just unique to him. Yeah, this is all quarterbacks. You you will improve your stock at the Senior Bowl, at the Combine, at pro days, with interviews, with work on the whiteboard. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's where it all starts to come into focus for these guys, for these scouts. The scouts have seen them on the field. Okay, here they are. I've seen them. I've watched them play. We understand what happens when he's pressure. All of that stuff. Okay, but then it's does he understand the concepts of the passing game? 
Does he understand, you know, the, the ideas of, of route trees and option routes, all of that stuff? Right. Does he understand protections? Can he do it quickly? How quickly does he process stuff? That's what the, all that whiteboard work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I know that you're going to get you're going to get guys that have been prepped almost like they're going into a courtroom to be cross-examined. You're going to go over it and over it and over it. But at the same time, whoever well, you should him, know it. If you yeah. if you are an elite QB, yes. this stuff is second nature to exactly. you. Boom, 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 done. Yeah. And that's why they want to be able to throw something at them that they may not expect to get that raw reaction, to get that raw intel that says, "Oh, okay, all right, he does understand. This is not just what he prepped for." And so that's the essence from, to me is because Anthony Richardson, right or wrong, and this includes people that I talk to, criticized for not looking down the field and making a lot of quick declarations and decisions. And I don't know whether he's completely proved anybody wrong on that front because he didn't get to play uh, enough in his rookie year. But that was, that's what I was dying to see, is would he be able to go and flash and thrive in that grease board setting and, and, and know exactly what he wanted to do? Now, he still hasn't done it over time in, in a National Football League uniform. That we still have to wait and see. Some other news and notes from around the National Football League this morning, including the one that I completely missed. And so as I was scrolling through it, I was like, oh, they did officially announce that. Um, Word broke out on Friday that the Cincinnati Bengals had informed T. Higgins that he would be placed under the franchise tag. And that was officially announced um, by the Cincinnati Bengals organization. The first player in this year's crop that could be tagged has been tagged. And and we use the numbers from franchise tag history to kind of give us an idea of who's going to get tagged, what the process is from each team. A half dozen players were tagged last year. Just a half dozen. That is it. As much as, Leon, we like to go back and forth sparring about this franchise tag, only a half dozen out of 32 used it. And then three of those six got deals. The other three were running backs. Now, they didn't, you know, like, Saquon got a deal later, but in the, in the, up until the point where he was holding out, he didn't get a deal until then. Josh Jacobs, you can go down the line with the other guys. Anyway, it's still a luxury or at least a a weapon for the NFL teams to use when they need to use it to make sure they don't lose a stock. So me in the pre-show meeting, you stumbled upon a story um, oh, you growing, want, growing. You, you want to go there? Minnesota. Okay. So I definitely want to go there because it, it's an it's an intriguing thought to say the least, is it not? It is a very intriguing thought, and Josie is going to do a, a little bit of digging for us throughout the duration of today's program in hopes we can get one of these gentlemen on the program today because it is where there's smoke, there's fire is the, the cliche, but it is something that has been floated time and time again over the past, God, 18 months here in Jacksonville. Allegedly, the Jags have been pursuing Danell Hunter for a while. Mm-hmm. A while. And so... Now there is a report from Alec Lewis of The Athletic who landed, excuse me, who landed, who named the Jags as a potential landing spot for the veteran edge rusher, who, of course, plays the same position as Josh Allen, same position as Trayvon Walker in theory, or at least in name, and was also top five, top ten in sacks and pressures this season. From Alec Lewis's write-up, there are the Jaguars who have expressed interest in Hunter in the past year. They do not have endless cap space for 2024, but they could creatively structure Hunter's deal to fit their current timeline. Jacksonville's fourth-year GM, Trent Balky will be charged with fielding a playoff team. If he doesn't, he likely reaches the end of the road, which is another reason to think the Jaguars will target Hunter. And so, therefore, that would suggest you get Josh Allen on the tag, 
and you still go out and pay another edge rusher and maybe don't pay Josh Allen. And you say, great job last year. You got to prove it again. But also I'm going to get the guy who had less sacks than you, but maybe I think is more of a long-term fit. Boy, that locker room would not be happy. Say that louder. That locker room would not be happy. Yeah. And it's the outside bringing in versus If you put a tag on Josh Allen and sign Danell Hunter, wow. Yeah, it's one thing I believe. You may as well just – he's going to be fired in a year if you do that. Yeah, it's one thing I believe to tag your guy inside and have a little bit of a lukewarm response because he's still going to get paid mightily and he still has a chance to get another big contract. But if you do the combo action that you're talking about, which is tag the guy inside and then big money the guy on the outside to come in, Plus, that would cause some problems. Plus, and believe me, I've been one of the biggest critics of Trayvon Walker going. Mm-hmm. He's just now starting to get it. He, in the last second half of the season, he played well. Why mess with it? What do you? Let's just say you get Danell Hunter here. Who are your two starters? Right. More yeah. than likely, it's going to be Josh Allen and Danell Hunter. So then, what does Trayvon Walker do? And if you say he moves inside, that's an idiotic discussion right there because well, you he's finally so getting what he's doing right now as far as being a edge rusher. Okay, but what's so funny is the one thing that might make sense out of it, if they do what we have at least talked about as a possibility from Dave Campo all the way to Ryan Nielsen's presser last week, if they move Trayvon inside, then it justifies what they're doing. Because then you right, have. But he's three not guys. 315 pounds. You guys know that, you, right? Yeah, I'm just telling you if he is to add weight and so on, I agree with you. He cannot live inside right now as presently built. His physical. Yeah, he'll get ping pong. Yeah, he'll exactly. Get crushed exactly. inside that there. Seems impossible. And then the whole idea of do they stay 3 4 or do they stay? Yeah, do they stay 3 4 or do they go 4 3? There's still only two positions that these three guys play. On passing downs, he would come right inside, now. and yeah. he is so athletic, he's going to crush whatever guard sure, he's sure. lined up Once on. Once every four four or five downs? Yeah. Yeah. So if sure. You're, if you're, if you're no, playing, no doubt about here, that. But, also, if, but, if, yeah. but if you're talking about he's going in there and in, and an even front. Yeah. Now, I can see him in an odd front if you have him at the five, okay? That's but fine. That's it's, still, right. it's still an end, so it's not really – it's technically an end. It's not really an inside guy. I, if you're playing an odd front, there's no way he's a one or three every down. No so, way. For context, I agree with Daniel Hunter cannot be tagged by the Minnesota Vikings because his agent secured a no franchise tag clause as part of last year's one year mm-hmm. deal. And so that's why, unlike T. Higgins, Daniel Hunter is hitting the open market one way or another. Let's mm-hmm. take it a step further. Paul Allen, the play by play voice right. of the Minnesota Vikings, was on Minnesota radio this week. He does a weekly radio show on uh, what's what's called KFAN, right? I think mm-hmm. that's the name of it. Um, and he said, quote, Alec Lewis, the athletic Minnesota Vikings beat reporter, mm-hmm. dropped the Jaguars the other day because I can tell he's getting his snoop on, and that makes sense. I happen to think he's right. I'd bet Daniil is here or in Jacksonville. And, and when he says it, you know, like I'm trying to get in touch with him because he's not a guy that's just going to say that and just kind of, Put it out there. Why would a play-by-play guy do that? He benefits in, in no way, shape, or form by doing that. Anyway, that one's worth looking and, and, and seeing if we can get a little bit more out of it. You, but you have your number one overall pick from two years ago. Yeah. Who now looks like he's just now right. getting it. Got the double-digit sacks. He could become a beast. 
Why mess with it right now? Yeah. Because, and this is the, because I tend to agree with you, Matt. I, I think we saw with Dewan Smoot, we saw it with Taven Bryan, who's obviously less talented of a player than Trayvon Walker. But when you tell guys, I, I need you to play this position, you need to change your body for this. Actually, we're going to move you here. We need you to change your body for that. That snip, snap, snip, snap. Thank you, Michael Scott. It's not helpful for the trajectory of a player. So I agree with you from that standpoint. But Trayvon Walker also played 85% of the snaps last year. Preservation is going to be vital for both he and Josh Allen. When they came off the field, who did you play at outside linebacker? Yeah, you had a big drop off. You had right, Caleb. Well, you, well, you also yeah. got to draft better. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what else to say. You right. got to draft. Well, better. the whole idea is that you have eight guys that you can rotate uh, through. Sure. You know, and you look at Ryan Nielsen's lineup yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, Nobody you, had more you, than seven sacks. Right. You didn't yeah. have a Josh Allen, which is why I'm sure he's so excited that hey, I actually have a bona fide number one pass rusher. Oh, and by the way. I could have a number one, number two in Trayvon, but he needs depth below that, and he hinted at that in his introductory press conference, that what else is there in terms of pass rush besides those two players? And yeah. so, look, even if they well, don't... chase on. I mean, well, he, he, he's going to be a free agent. He, yeah, exactly. Kay's yeah. going to be a free agent. Um, so is Dewan Smoot, by the way. So those were your two backups. So there's yeah. two holes in the lineup. Um, and so that's where... Even if it's not big fish hunting Daniil Hunter and it upsets the locker room and whatever whatever you want to go from there, they are going to be signing more outside linebackers, more pass rushers, just like we all clamored for last offseason. Now they have yeah. no choice because the cupboard is bare. You got Yasir Abdullah, but Caleb on Chason's a free agent, and Dewan Smoot's a free agent. Yeah. Uh, well, the you way you got to go out and sign yeah. somebody. Yeah. And well, you, you got to draft smarter. Yeah. You can. Well, you can have levels of talent. You can have tiers of pay. And not bringing a guy that is going to immediately uh, cause some concern inside the locker room if he's the highest paid cat coming from the outside. So you can't superstar your way through this when you have to pay your superstar. And so that's the part that I I, I wouldn't mind even if they had an Ngakwe or somebody like that. I would put him as maybe second tier guy with the number of years that he's played. And the you mean amount, a free agent acquisition. Yeah, and the amount of yeah. money that yeah, it would yeah, take that, yeah. if you go out and get that guy. But if you're drafting, well, then, yeah, heck yeah, you're looking for that guy that's going to that's gonna slowly move through the ranks and, and ultimately be your guy. But two guys totaled over two dozen sacks and were productive, and you now have a defensive coordinator that's coming in to make them better, even more explosive off the edge. And I still maintain the main thing that they need to fix for – either of these guys, or for even Daniil Hunter, if he were to come in, which is still unimaginable to me, they need interior forces. They right. need I, I rec- mean, shop wreckers. Right inside. now, an edge would be a lug- is a luxury for them. Yeah. It, I mean, right now. I mean, Latu would be there at 17. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to be really good off the edge. But yeah. that's a luxury. You, like, there's, there are other more well, pressing needs. We, pro- we posed the question the other day. If Jared Verse falls to 17... Yeah, what are you doing? That's, that's, that's a difficult decision to make, yeah. man. And that is best player available. That's the same thing. They're yeah. both the same thing, actually. Yeah. Jared yeah. Verse will be among the first players to meet with reporters Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. I got a lot of early wake-up calls this week mm-hmm. at the NFL Scouting Combine, so we will hear from him, and it'll be curious if the Jaguars are among the teams that have showed early interest. Speaking of Daniil Hunter and Josh Allen versus drafting somebody to create that depth, to create that platoon system in Ryan Nielsen's defense along the front and on the edge, uh, SpotTrack has Daniil Hunter valued at around $20 million per year, although the Athletic estimates he would be commanding somewhere in the $34 million a year range. 
Josh Allen, meanwhile, according to Track, is expected to command $23.9 million. And, of course, that's the annual salary and the cap number. Would think uh, a little bit more guaranteed money up front is expected if that's going to be the cap number. Yeah, look, here's another thing you have to consider as well. is If the quarterbacks go early, mm-hmm. if you get four quarterbacks going early, and then the offensive linemen are obviously going to go early, and all of a sudden Dallas Turner starts – Moving down, mm-hmm. Dallas Turner gets to like 15. Do you trade up two spots to get him? <laughs> it's another guy that you have to look at off the edge. What does he represent? How are you going to play him? Honestly, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing as Jared Verse. How are you going to play him? What does he represent in your new defense? And would you be a fool if you passed if you passed him up or didn't move up to get him? Yeah, that, that's a fair question. Good segue, Matt, because our 1010XL draft guide continues on 1010XL.com with our edge rankings. We're combining the outside linebackers and defensive ends today. So please don't don't get angry of this isn't this guy's on a linebacker, this guy's an end. Pass rushers. Pass rushers are the subject today. You could check it out at 1010XL.com. Half of our eight panelists have Dallas Turner as the top-ranked edge rusher. You are not one of them, though, Matt Hayes. You have that edge rusher out of UCLA. You and Coach Campo have him slated at number one. Hayes Carlion and Gus Logue have Jared Verse. Yeah, Laitu Latu is. Go, go on Break YouTube. down those three guys mm-hmm. for Go on for, YouTube for me. and watch him. Mm-hmm. He's So he, he's more of a – he's not the size type of, of guy that Jared Verse is. He and Dallas Turner are very similar and you know, He's a little taller than Dallas Turner, actually. He's probably more long 6'4", 6'5", where Dallas Turner's more like a 6'3", yeah, he, he, type he, of guy. Yeah. He's long, okay? He's not 270 pounds. He's not like Jared Verse. He's not a big dude, but, man, that dude, the, I've never, I've, I haven't seen a guy, the way, he, the way he finds a way to get to the quarterback, the way he uses leverage, the way he bends, mm-hmm. it's rare. It's rare. And, again, he's, he's quote-unquote undersized. Watch him play. Watch him play because I can see him as a guy that in a couple years with some weight, well, he's going to be a tough dude to block. Two things. One, there is injury history, and there was a brief moment in time where he medically retired. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, he was – it was a – I believe it was a, a neck slash back, whatever it was, one of those discs. The big scare. And one of the schools – I can't remember what the school was, actually. It wasn't Utah. It was – maybe it was Oregon State. No, it was Washington is what it was. It was Washington. Um and they told him he couldn't play. He was, he was they couldn't medically clear him. Mm-hmm. And then he found a way to get medically cleared with another doctor and transferred to UCLA. And boom, just blew up. Do you expect because a, a big part of the combine this week is going to be those medicals? Do you expect that to be sure controversial this week? I, I think I think they'll certainly look at it. But but I mean he's now had two years of playing, you know, and, and he's had no problems. So I mean if if you're him. And if you're his agent, that's what you sell. Look, he's fine. You've, right. he's he's, in the last you've two dispelled years. that worry. Right. So that was my that was my first point with him. My second point is his hands are unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So let so hands. You did go out and you drafted Yasir Abdullah, fifth round guy, project dart, whatever you want to say. Still trying to find his way on special teams because the assumption is he would take on that Caleb on Chase on role. He is a smaller guy because they wanted a change-up, if you may, for pitcher's terms and a baseball analogy. They wanted a knuckleball to add to the to the repertoire with Yasir Abdullah. Is that not what Latu is? I'm not saying Abdullah is going to pan out because he may not pan out. And Latu, if you're selecting him at 17, you need him to pan out. But can they say, we already have one undersized edge rusher, we're going to go get another one, especially knowing Trent Baalke's 
track record of he needs guys that have length and size. So when I'm saying he's undersized, I mean he's not 270. He's yeah. 6'5", like 255. So he's a good size. And can put weight on. My point is he's not like Trayvon Walker, okay? He's more of a long, athletic-type guy. Yeah, I hate to say Caleb on Chase, but similar to if, that. Yeah, because he's similar to that. What Trayvon was was six five two seven. I know there's a lot of PTSD going on right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Caleb, but uh, yeah, this you, dude is different. This yeah. is a different type edge rusher. Yeah, remember this: you can't just measure everybody by their measurables. No, well, Caleb on you, his whole thing in college was explosion. Yeah. You know, he, he was so quick off the yeah. edge, cat quick. Whereas Latu has so he's quick, but he's also had so many. His moves are fantastic. The, I told you the way. He loses, uses leverage the way he bends. His hands are so mm-hmm. quick. Well, go on YouTube and watch him. He's fun as hell to watch. Will he be among your top five wish list at the NFL Combine this week, Matt, the player you are most intrigued by? Let's talk about it. Coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, we'll keep the Combine coverage moving. Again, we will be live in Indianapolis beginning tomorrow with full coverage on 1010XL social and video channels as well as the Frangie Show live from Indianapolis, and of course, the boys will be holding down the fort here, and you can check out the 1010XL draft guide at 1010XL.com. A whole lot more to get to between the Jags, the NFL, and the college ranks as well, right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's Mokama Monday on XL Primetime. Head to the tap room at Fernandina Beach every day that ends with Y and enjoy some Mokama. We are cranking on a Mokama Beer Company Monday, getting ready for the NFL Combine. It will definitely be rolling through the minds of many when you start to see 40 times, bench press, shuttle drills, quarterbacks throwing, all that kind of stuff. We will have it right here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Step it aside. Again, I, I, I said earlier that I, I've got the bad wheel again, the, the ankle, uh, that it, it started uh, up there when the court storming took place uh, on the campus of, of Wake Forest, celebrating that. Thrilling win over Duke. Actually, I went to the Professional Bowl Riders uh, oh, Saturday nice. night. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. 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 Went to the press, Professional Bowl Riders. I'm telling you, man, I tried to get on one of those Bronco Bowls, and that's what got me more than anything else. I'm telling you, I saw some guys get stepped on. I don't know how big these bulls are, how much right. they weigh, but a couple of cats got thrown off. And one of the bulls, Dana White from UFC, has twisted steel as one of his bulls. And the other guy that I saw there that was cool as all hell, Cole Hauser, a.k.a. Nice. Yeah. Rip. Rip, right. Rip from Yellowstone. No way. Yes, Rip Where from was Yellowstone. This? At it was the down, arena, right? It was at the arena, oh. and they brought in tons of, of dirt, and they put – I'm telling you, it was a great show. Did uh, you get on the mechanical? Is that what you did? Yeah. Well, it's just you, you kind of get get up on the top part where the shoot's at. And right. I would have loved to have gotten on one of those bulls, but, yeah, no chance, no chance. And this much I know, the guys that are on there, like some of them limp off, and oh, yeah. that's some serious – this isn't this a soccer – It's more than 1,000 pounds. Those yeah. Are- Big, oh my gosh! Huge, I just yeah. can't believe Rip was here and uh, and we missed him. Bo yeah. Valentine's going to be outraged that well, I, I I dragged him to an Iowa baseball game yeah. when Rip was in Jacksonville. I'm told that he likes Duval. That he that he's a fan. I feel uh, like that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, to me. yeah, which is cool. And, and so look, what's not to love uh, here in Duval? So anyway, Rip, if you're out there, uh, I was a little disappointed. Now, I have to understand this. I have to remind myself of this. 
he brought his beautiful wife instead of his wife Beth on Yellowstone because I was I was looking all around for Beth, but no, she did not uh, come with him. But we had a great time. So the professional bull riders, it was a trip. Speaking of uh, weekend activities, yes, I did go watch the Iowa Hawkeyes go zero for three and blow three five nothing leads in uh, the Jacksonville College Baseball Classic, which was awesome, by the way. I mean, you talk about bringing in two top twenty five programs in the Iowa Hawkeyes and Virginia. Auburn drew extremely well at 1-2-1 Financial Ballpark. Wichita State, I mean, that is a team that, first of all, if I had told you those four teams, Mm -hmm. Virginia, Auburn, Iowa, Wichita State, college baseball, which of the four has been to the most college World Series of the four? Wichita State, probably. Yeah. Yeah, the Shockers, because for a long time, they they put out some good baseball. They hit three home runs yesterday against the Hawks. I I mean, down 5 nothing. Good little ball club. But the reason I bring that— I didn't know Iowa played baseball. Oh, very good. Been to two Big Ten championship games in the last six years. Come on, Maddie. Um, Actually, last eight, but that's besides the point. Heller ball, as they like to call it, because Rick Heller's the coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But speaking of 1-2-1 financial ballpark— Yes. I had multiple people—also, they have two top 25 prospects, but that's a story for another time— I've had multiple people, when I tweeted out that I was at the game, mm-hmm. they replied, nothing about the College Baseball Classic, which you should follow, and D1Baseball.com helps sponsors sponsor it. They're like the preeminent site for college baseball, so really great event. It was the hashtag, the best outside of Omaha. But more people replied because they saw the outfield at one one Financial Ballpark, mm-hmm. and they were in a panic. And so for those of you who are worried what the heck happened to the right field bleachers, the area mm-hmm. with the tiki bar, like you know, oh, all, yeah. all of that, what's yeah. going to happen. There will be an update. The Jacksonville Shrimp did reply about an hour ago. A major announcement coming this week regarding the exciting future of one one Financial Ballpark. So don't panic if you see any of those photos from this weekend and you're like, the right field bleachers, where are they? Yeah, and, and I, you got to believe, and especially with AAA and all that kind of stuff, just trying to make sure that they continue – to have that uptick, remember, and I can't actually remember the evolution of or, or the timeline of when this happened. But remember, this kind of came out of pandemic, them getting to the to the AAA level, and so they're probably just looking at it like, "Hey, let's just do one more thing." And the experiential part of any of these ballparks is First being off, able. It's a, it's a great day, great night to go watch ball. Yeah. anytime you go out. But just being able, like I could think, you mentioned the Tiki Bar. There, there are some of these either spring training sites or whatever that create these areas that just basically line the outfield yeah. to where you go and you have yeah. bar, open air, restaurant, bar, you know, whatever it might be. So the Nashville Sounds. I got a chance of, during yeah. SEC Media Days to check out their ballpark. They've yeah. got a full brewery yeah. out in left field. Yeah, a lot of potential. And, heck, if you go like – Well, there's breweries, mini breweries at Shrimp, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, in, yeah, the, the it, they sell intuition. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. But, like, <laughs> you go to uh, – we went to the White Sox, and they got the, the Craft Cave where you go downstairs, right. and it's right. all below, and it is such a cool uh, experience. And so, yeah, they're going to create, you would believe, something that's really going to – just going to be across the skyline. It's going to look perfect. And, yes, 382, a shout-out as well. Uh, round of applause, Denmark, to the University of North Florida women's basketball team. I was on the call for that one on Saturday. Double overtime winner against Kennesaw State. Lyric Swan – course the instagram tiktok star um also a great basketball player hit the game tying three in ot with 0.1 seconds left on the clock uh i could safely say i haven't been a part of one of those in quite some time and so it was an epic game on senior day for the ladies and then of course credit to ju was also on the call on friday for the river city rumble round two absolutely routed 
UNF in the second half to Jordan Mincy and the Finns. Um, I mean, they they got that game to a level where it was their style of basketball. I don't want to say they mucked it up because that that's the wrong term, mm-hmm. but they got physical, and when UNF wasn't hitting threes and they were able to completely silence Chaz Lanier, the leading scorer in the A-Sun. That's what happens. That's right? what happens to UNF, and that's the concern as they look to the A-Sun postseason tournament. It's that style and the fight and the way you just kind of dictate, dictate pace, and I think the essence of what you said is 100%. If you let them live beyond the arc, they're going to And live. they did the first eight minutes. I mean, to the point that a couple officials from JU seated next to me on the baseline mm-hmm. literally said after UNF went up 10, they were like, all right, this one's over. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't over. Yeah. And far from it. And also credit to the JU women who also swept their home series uh, last week as well. All right. So we've been talking uh, NFL coming into the combine. Uh, and one that has been debated a bunch is what's going to happen with Justin Fields. How many trades will we see? We've already seen a tag with T. Higgins uh, going into this NFL combine. And it's where all these general managers, at the very least, they have a chance to get in front of each other, maybe strike a deal, maybe go to dinner, talk about terms, parameters, whatever. Chicago Bears have the first and the ninth pick overall. And you have to imagine there's going to be some conversations that are had. Will both of those be in their hands by the time we get to the draft late April? I don't know. Uh, But will Justin Fields be dealt um, and will they get more draft capital? Will they somehow or another be pried away out of that number one spot and convinced to keep Justin? There's a lot of stuff that's probably going to be at least tossed out. What would you say if I offered you this type of conversation in Indianapolis? Let's let's do that conversation first because then we'll save the uh, next segment for mm-hmm. our top five players of interest at 17th overall. Who are five players that you say, all right, wish list for the Jaguars if one of these five is there? would definitely be intrigued by that possibility and discuss, are the Chicago Bears going to trade out? Is there another team willing to give up a King's ransom for Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels? Or how about those other two positions where the Washington Commanders at two? We know they have plenty of holes. Quarterback could be one of them, but Sam Howell at different points last year did lead the NFL in passing. And then at number three, the New England Patriots facing a complete rebuild. Are you that sold on whichever quarterback is left, or do you trade back and try to acquire more picks? Yeah, and so the the decisions that are to be made, they are uh, the list feels like it's a mile long because there's always wishes and wants with those teams that are at the top. That's why they're at the top. That's why Jacksonville has has been in this position before. But it is kind of funny. Of all the times Jacksonville has been either at or near the top, Number two pick overall, it was a no-brainer with Tony Baselli back in the day, and then it was a no-lucker with Luke Jokel, uh, number two pick overall, because there just wasn't anything else out there. Uh, and then you can go to the two number ones. One was a no-brainer in Trevor Lawrence, and the other one was, uh, I don't—I wouldn't call it a no-lucker, but Aiden Hutchinson slash Trayvon Walker, there wasn't like this chomping at the bit for other teams to jump up there and go get them. So, yeah, let, let's get into those. Uh, and what they might do. Will Justin Fields be a Chicago Bear, or will he be dealt uh, by the time some parameters are agreed upon by the time they leave the NFL Combine? Not say it's going to be done in stone, but that he will be on the move uh, with GMs making some decisions. So we'll do that coming up. Mokama Beer Company, they bring you Mondays right here on XL Primetime, and every day of the week you can enjoy coffee, and they make it up all themselves. The barista's ready to take care of you, but you can go on in, hang out, have a good time, and don't forget craft beer Tuesday through Sunday at Mokama Beer Company. 
This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. 20 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Mokama Monday edition of XL Primetime. We've been teasing it all show long. Let's do it. Heading into tomorrow's NFL scouting combine commencing in Indianapolis. Who are five prospects, Joe C., Matt Hayes, even Dylan Denmark, that you have your eye on for the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 17 overall? By the way, brought to you by Noble, the combine. Oh, again, yes. our friends at Noble. Yes, yes. if you're listening, yes. Noble, we want you to come back to the players right. and give us sneakers too. Throw that out there. For yeah, you. and also our coverage of the scouting combine brought to you by Window World, Northeast Florida, and Hodges Mazda. Of course, that's much more important than Noble. I will yeah. say this. Byron Murphy's intriguing to me. Can't help it. I mean, yep. I got He's him He's right on mine, now. too. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Just because... Just because of the need, and I keep going back to need, and I know you guys out there are saying, no, it's got to be talent for it. Man, you got to have big dudes okay, on okay. the interior. But let's marry this up because this is the good conversation that we want to have. If we are talking about five players at 17 that, that, that move your meter, I, I believe this to be true. Byron Murphy interiorly crashing the boards and wreaking havoc and making the other quarterback uncomfortable is more important to me than the center helping protect Trevor. That's at least where I come in on the Byron Murphy conversation. Okay, so all three of us have Byron Murphy yeah, on our I, on our top well, five. Well, he, he's intriguing to me, okay? I'm going to say that. Uh-huh. He's not more important to me than the interior and the offense. Okay, so all right, so I is, fall on the side of do whatever you can do to make 16 a better player. That I get. That I get. But you're telling me that you would have a greater value at the center position. Let's just say Byron Murphy and um, – a JPJ. So, so I don't think I don't the think there's a better. There's not a better. The better value is the interior defensive line. There's no okay, doubt. That's, but that's I, what but I will say do. this: you cannot avoid Trevor Lawrence. You cannot avoid the fact that he needs help, and I think he can be a really, really, really good player in this league. But you've got to put pieces around him to help him out. They uh, have to, especially if, from what I've been told and what I know has been reported elsewhere too. If Trevor really did sit down for that meeting with Shad Khan and Tony Khan and his representation was involved and he said, I need X, Y, and Z, I know I have to be better at A, B, and C. But if that report is true from what I was told, now the question becomes, if he is your long-term future, as he enters year four of that rookie contract, which I know could be a five-year contract, and then you figure it out from there, but you have to start building around him and start listening. I'm not saying he's the GM, but if he says, I need this. He's got to be like the assistant yeah, he, GM. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, you may not like it out there, but the reality is when you're at that level of play and at that position specifically, you are like Jordan or, or well, LeBron. or You basically call your shots because well, you guess need, what? Yeah, You're the most important thing they've got. You need to feel like you're the assistant GM because, sure. because you need to know that things are being done to best help you. Now, let's use Aaron Rodgers as an example up in Green Bay. They just ignored everything he asked for, and they just kept going and getting what they wanted. And they didn't necessarily do a great job of it, but they definitely were shoring up more important areas than going and getting him a playmaker. They they went through his entire time there without drafting a first-round skill position player. But he's also a guy that raised the level of others around him. Oh, my him. gosh. And Trevor's not there yet. Right. He's but, just not there yet. But it's so funny because you would think if he raised the level of everybody, you would damn sure listen to him and give him what sure, he wanted. absolutely. And they wouldn't do it. And so I understand protecting Trevor, but I also understand 
the number of big men, there might be less at the defensive tackle spot, which would be the Byron Murphy selection, right. over the Jackson Powers Johnson at the center spot. Because That's if just how I'm Zach Frazier is there at 48, that yeah. changes a lot of things. Yeah. Or if you say, hey, let's roll the dice with a Cedric Van Pran out of the University of Georgia in the second or third round as well. Another quality starter. I, I like Cedric Van Pran. He's not JPJ. He's just not. They're not the same player. Mm-hmm. So I think you're you're taking a step down there. Mm-hmm. So you, we and I understand your point, Mia. That mm-hmm. you know what? If, if, there's if more depth at yes, offensive I, line. I understand the idea of there's the depth out, but I think the further you go down, the different the player becomes too. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's why I just and this is just me because I've always been a quarterback guy. But I think you got to do everything you can to make sure that guy's happy and he's got pieces around him that can help him. Okay, so all three of us have Byron Murphy in our top five. All three of us have JPJ. Yeah, and, and uh, believe me, I'm fighting it, okay? I'm fighting keeping him in my top five, but I do have him there. But just using Matt Miller as an example, he's got JPJ listed at like 32-35 as far as his overall prospect. Uh, are we completely 100% certain what they're going to do with the offensive line? They say goodbye to Cam Robinson. Take a look at Fuaga, okay? Take a look at him as far as a guy who could move from the outside to the inside. Here's here, my, my whole my whole belief here is that you've got to fix two of your three interior positions. Do you re-sign Ezra? Do you sit down Luke? And do you say goodbye to Sheriff? Uh, I, I don't think you're going to do all three of those. I think you're going to try and re-sign Ezra. And if you say goodbye to Sheriff, then you go ahead. And, and you go better get, re-sign Ezra. Yeah, then, yeah, you better re-sign Ezra. If you say goodbye to Sheriff, then go get Fuaga, and then you might be riding with Luke Fortner again. I also have Tylese Fuaga out of Oregon State in my top five players that have will be of interest for the Jaguars yeah. at 17, and it's because of what you spoke of, Joe. Mm. If you're not going to say, I'm drafting a center who could play guard, what if you say I'm going to draft a tackle yeah. who could play guard or tackle? Because here's the other part of this that we haven't discussed yet in today's program. Let's say you draft Tylese Fuaga. He falls to you at 17, right? You play him at left guard this year. You play Walker Little at left tackle. You play Anton Harrison at right tackle. Mm -hmm. Let's say Walker Little balls out and you let him walk next year. Or you just let him walk in general. Maybe he doesn't play as well and you say, we're going to figure it out. You've got to have a plan. Well, guess what you do next year? You move Anton to left and you move Fawaga to right and you're set. Then you got to go figure out the guard situation again. But again, the best ability is availability if they're going to go offensive line at 17, it needs to be for a player that provides you that versatility. JPJ can get you center or guard, a Fawaga, or another player for me who I've been banging the drum for for quite some time, Troy Fatanu out of Washington, mm-hmm. who Daniel Jeremiah has ranked as his 17th overall player, would also be in that same category of played left tackle in college, still has good length, but is projected as a guard at the next level. You plug him in at left guard. He's a mean run, run bulldozer. He increases your run game and your identity immediately. And then if you are to say goodbye to Walker Little, you could slide him out to left tackle or move him to right. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I would not be upset in the least if they went like guard-guard first two picks. Mm-hmm. Not in the least. Mm-hmm. Not in the least. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it, but I go back and I think of some of the dominant offensive lines and look how it's kind of uh, evaporated in front of Dallas's eyes. They weren't that long ago regarded as the best offensive line in America. Uh, and then little by little, that thing has kind of deteriorated, and they haven't accomplished anything. Now, there, there's criticisms in other areas that you can point to, but, but they did have a damn good offensive line, and they didn't get a whole lot done. Now take a look at what San Francisco did with a good offensive line. Take a look at what Detroit did with a good offensive line. Baltimore, those were sure. the three, three top offensive lines. But then go to Kansas City. 
not necessarily the best offensive line, but they still had I don't know, their the dude. middle three is really good. Yeah, they had the dude. Really good. Yeah, and and then, so maybe I, the best middle three in the league actually. Mm-hmm. Really good, their middle three. They yeah, at least two of them that, I, that I, I'm trying to think of the third, but it, but Tooney and, and Creed, yeah, oh yeah, Trey, I mean Trey, yeah, 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 the yeah, there you go, Trey Smith, yeah, yeah, and so very good, but the two tackles were suspect, and that was the area that you thought would have. Juwan's been. a lot better than you guys give him credit yeah. for. I think he's a lot better than you guys give him credit for. Well, is he worth eighty million dollars? No, he's no. not. But I think he's a lot better yeah. than some scrub out there. I I'll just, tell you that. I was, trust me, I was convinced Donovan Smith was going to get worked, and and he did not. And he 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 still was a liability at times, but he wasn't as bad as I thought he would be. All right, I'm gonna throw another one. Ennis Rakestraw from mm-hmm. Missouri. Okay, that's another one that I like. And again, we're trying to figure out the most important position: who's going to be available at that at that spot, 17th overall. Again, we'll go through these. Uh, a bunch, but a physical corner that can do what Ryan Nielsen is asking a player to do. That's get physical with the receiver. A guy that really, Chris Abrams drains a guy yes. who got all the attention mm-hmm. from Missouri mm-hmm. in yep. the last couple of years, but Rakestraw probably played better than him this year. Yeah. yeah, could you break that down for us, Matt? Because I know there are several Jags fans who are like you. They think guard, guard wouldn't be a bad thing, but maybe Abrams drain is an option on day two or day three, but then you compare him to a guy who has suddenly risen the ranks like Rakestraw. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I don't... I think the problem right now with Abrams Drain is he doesn't run as well as Rakestraw, and I think that's what's probably pushing him down. But he's a really good corner, really good cover guy. Um, I mean, another guy I've been banging this drum now for two or three weeks is Cooper Beebe. Again, that's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Like, if you go, if you go JPJ with your idea, and I liked your idea of, all right, we're going to put him at guard, and if it doesn't work out for Fortner, we'll slide him to center. Yep. Yeah. And then you go Cooper Beebe in round two, man, I'd be. Just okay, but can you get that. to – okay, can, that, that, again, we're talking, what is it, 44th that they're picking? BB will be there at 48. Yeah, be like 48, yeah. Yeah, he'll be there. BB will be there. I don't know if Zach Frazier from West Virginia would be there. Right. And if you already picked JPJ at 17, you're not coming back with Zach Frazier, I wouldn't think. Um, right, if so. anything, you're going tackle there if you really want to stay on the offensive line for back-to-back picks. But, again, that's need. All right, so I'm going by need, and I know right. a lot of you do guys it. don't like that. You'll get but, burnt. But that's, I get that, but, but you're at the point right now where you think you've got a team that can do some damage with the right pieces. You need some pieces for, okay. for your quarterback. Uh, I would also just real quick, Joe, yeah. a little asterisk here. For those of you who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they would think interior offensive line at 17 and at number 48 overall, there is a track record. I'm going to butcher his name. Mike Icapati. Mm-hmm. That's right. how you pronounce mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Iupati. Uh, Iupati right. out of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Drafted 17th overall in 2010 by the San Francisco 49ers and general manager Trent Baalke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And second round, what did he do? Second round. So that was no, they had two first-round picks. And okay. guess what, Matt? They went Anthony Davis, the tackle out of Rutgers, and then they went Icapati at guard. Uh, Six I, picks later. Yeah, and I, I'm and, not, and what did they do three years later with that with those two right. guys? They had a good front. They went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and and they also. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I'd be over the moon if they went two guards first yeah. picks. Yeah, yeah. Because even then, if I, because then you are committing to Trevor Lawrence at that point. Okay, but it's you, everything. Right. I I I totally get it. But you have to build a whole football team, and I know this offensive line did struggle this year. So I'm not ignoring and not they saying were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, yeah. The middle it, three was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ignoring it. I don't you see. Can't go get everyone at the top of the draft. You've got to have other guys. Here's the thing. I don't see again. I know optics, like we said off the top of the show. I don't think Trent Bulky cares about optics, but 
I don't see a, a it's the guard center back to back where it would be JPJ and yeah, Cooper BB. That's where I see Fawaga and yeah. BB. Yeah. Fatanu and BB or one of my other guys in my top five, Graham Barton out of yeah. Duke. That's a guy right. who I think if you trade back, he's there in the mid to late 20s. Played center his first year at Duke, played left tackle, projects as a guard. Again, as we've seen over the last year plus, this team, when the offensive line gets injured, what do they do? Who is able to play? Who can go where? Who has versatility? Who does not? Mm-hmm. The other guy I'm going to throw in there. Strength is his strength. That's who, that's who plays. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Tyler, if you're out there. Hey, Tyler yeah. works hard, Hi, friend. Man. We need yeah. you back here. The the only other guy I'm with, though, uh, in the top five right now is for discussion purposes is what we talked about before. If a Jared Verse and you can throw uh, uh, Dallas Turner into this, I don't think Dallas Turner's there. I think Jared Verse is of the two, would be the one that might be available. But either one of those makes a very difficult decision at that 17th pick overall. Very difficult. Because you have got to affect the quarterback. Just like Byron Murphy, too. Yeah, yeah. Although him maybe Although a little more, less because he's yeah. in, interior. Interiorly, yeah. But if those other two guys are there, that might bump Murphy would be my point. Interesting. Is that it would make it make you pause I, on him. I don't disagree that you have to affect the quarterback. Yeah. Believe me. I agree yeah. with you. I'm an interior guy either side of the ball. But my point is you are building around your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Every every smart franchise builds around their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you, we, build, you build that way. You build from the inside out, and the inside is that offensive line. Yeah. And we named the, the top-tier teams that are out there and how solid their offensive lines are for the most part. And so, yeah, we're not ignoring that. That's for sure. Here, here's a perfect example. It's a college example, okay? Michigan got, like, literally physically abused by Georgia. The mm-hmm. first time they got to the playoff. Second time they got to the playoff. They still couldn't. They couldn't block TCU. That's why they lost that game. That's why J.J. threw two pick sixes. They mm-hmm. couldn't block them. So then what does Harbs do? He goes in the portal and gets three starters. One from Stanford, one from Arizona State. No, two from Stanford and one mm-hmm. from Arizona State. Plugs them in. And immediately they're a different team. A different team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the argument for the offensive line, but I've also heard plenty of arguments for corner. Um, so we hit Rake Straw. One yeah. more I'll throw at you to round out my top mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. names that I'm looking for at 17 in the, at the NFL Combine is Quinion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, balled out at the Senior Bowl. Oh, yeah. Again, smaller school guy from Toledo. Lit up the MAC. Daniel Jeremiah ha- has him 15th, in, 15th overall in his top 50. He is not the only one. He's mocked him twice to the Jaguars. Was this part of the deal with Ryan Nielsen when they signed him as defense coordinator? Did he say, I need another corner because Darius Williams will be 31 and is in a contract year? And then Tyson Campbell, we don't know mm-hmm. where the future holds. He's in a contract year. You would expect him to play well this year and then earn a second contract, but you can't guarantee that. And the question is, again, this is a deep corner class, but... Is he the best player available at 17, and can you say no? I hate taking corners that high. I mm-hmm. do. I just do. Because they can be found in the later rounds. They're like receivers. It's the you same know, there's thing. There's more of them, that's for sure, and then you just have to figure out which of the ones that you're going to pick as the I, elite. And I elite. get it. You're going to have the rare outliers, okay? I understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you're down at 17, you're not going to get a rare outlier. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just – Again, it comes down to philosophically what they're thinking, what they think is most important to them, and that's really what it is. And and if what you said earlier in the show is true, Mia, that this might be zip for Trent Baalke, like it's got to happen this season, then he's going to do whatever he can to, you know, save his candy. 
and extend the leash. Yeah. So my top five, um, Talise Fuaga, Troy Fatanu, Graham Barton, Quinion Mitchell, Byron Murphy. Those will be the five that I think at 17 the Jags will have their eye on at the NFL Combine this week. What say you, Matt? Your five? Uh, I, you know what? I like Terry Nautil. I also like Kool-Aid McKinstry. Oh, so the two Alabama corners. Both those Alabama corners. We're, 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 we're combining them into one. Just Kool-Aid's, give me, give Kool-Aid's me some... probably going to get – he may not go in the first round. He may go early second. But give me some sunshine and Kool-Aid, and I will be a fan. Uh, uh, Trevor and now it would be one of my new favorites. All right, I'll, I'll, my fifth player is Brian Thomas, who also would be extremely hard to pass up when it comes to a dynamic uh, renew your clock. If he's there at clock. 17, yeah. yeah. That's renew a your difficult. clock. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the wide receiver position here when it comes to Calvin Ridley, uh, when it comes to Zay Jones, all these things. Anyway, at 17, he would be a, of great appeal to me. Yes. I love Brian I don't Thomas. disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. All I'm saying is it's at that point it's philosophical. What do you need more? Right. What's yeah. more important? I, I think that also is building around Trevor, by the way. Yeah. Brian Thomas. Exactly, be. because he's got to be looking at it and think about this now. They do not have a bigger guy that is that is blazing fast that can go take the top off or do Plus a lot of things. Is, he isn't close to his yeah. ceiling right now. Oh yeah, he, he yeah. got to LSU when yeah that when when Johnson when Max Johnson was a quarterback and it was the last year of of uh, Edo. Mm-hmm. We love Edo, man. Mm-hmm. friend of the program. But it was the last year of Edo, and it was all falling apart. They couldn't throw the ball. Um, he gets there with Brian Kelly, and. He kind of grows with Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly yeah. arrives, and Brian Thomas and Jane Daniels kind of grow together. All right, so we'll keep it going. You guys hit the text line, 641-1010, uh, and let us know what you think of some of those. we got the quarterback whisperer coming up at the 2 o'clock hour, so he obviously can jump in on this, especially the question of how much should Trevor, will Trevor have influence-wise on some of these decisions. That's all ahead on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. XL Primetime, cranking along, Mokama Beer Company Monday. Right here on the Superstation, Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes. We'll have Big Source back with his manana. Tomorrow, the NFL Combine coverage beginning right here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. We will definitely hear from the head coach, Doug Peterson, the general manager, Trent Balky, as many others as possible. We will get them on as well. Did anybody make a trip down to Florida, man, uh, in the nation's oldest over the weekend? Uh, hit the text line uh, 641-1010 and let us know if you made it because it's it's the mullet event. It is the you-can't-believe-what-I-just-saw event. So if you did make it down to Florida, man, let us know, 641-1010. Some oddities some strangeness, and some consumption. Uh, That uh, is pretty much the norm at Florida Man. That's for sure. I do believe, and I'm checking on this, I do believe that either Marty or McGee made it down to Florida Man. Ryan may have been the one. They were at at Daytona the week before, Mm -hmm. so just stuck around just for it. Yep, so it's not impossible. But if you were down there, and look, some people may say, whatever I saw at Florida Man, I see every day uh, in the AUG or in Duval. And you're probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong. Uh, college basketball update, uh, which our conversations with Mark Wise on Mondays will begin next week, mm-hmm. yeah. Joe C., and perhaps you'll have him on at some point this week while I'm in Indianapolis. But the University of Houston officially up to number one in the AP poll. They were also number one on the Mo Bryan AP ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Purdue, UConn, 
Tennessee, and Marquette rounding out the top five in this week's AP poll. And we're, you know, we're constantly looking at upsets uh, on the road more than anything else around the college hoops world. It gives you z- zero guarantee. Uh, the team that upset the number one team got beat over the weekend. So you just, you never, ever know how any of this is going to unfold. And Houston sure. had a huge win at Baylor uh, in overtime. Mm-hmm. At Baylor being the key word yep. there. I yep. know for me, when I was looking at. That was number eight versus number number, ele- number two versus 11. Yep. And like for me, for those of you who've asked like, okay, what goes into, you know, your AP poll selection? And listen, I, I love the criticism because I agree. Sometimes, you know, you do feel like you're throwing darts and sometimes there are, you know, maybe some voters who they do treat it just like a lever system. And it's just a, a stacking like, all right, if you lost, you go down. If you won, you go up. I do try to look at the net rankings. I try to look at Torvik. I try to look at Kempom. And I look at, you know, the rank of, you know, the strength of your opponents, which I know Gary Parrish of CBS made the argument Purdue has the most quad one wins of those three teams between Purdue, UConn, and Houston. For me, all three of them have lost three games and all three losses have come on the road. I just can't get past the fact that Houston is number one, yes, in Torvik, the net, and all those rankings. But they also play in the best conference in America, with all due respect to the Big East and the Big Ten. Like, Mm -hmm. the Big 12 is the best conference in America. It has the most teams in the AP poll. They've beaten how many of those teams? Well, all but two of them. And they have to go to Fog Allen and lost. Mm -hmm. And then, um, whatchamacallit, when they went to Iowa State. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it just says that if you're doing that in that conference, that's why you deserve to be the number one team in the nation. But a little bit more local ties uh, as the University of Florida remains. Round of applause, Denmark. At number 24 in this week's AP poll. And more significantly, let's welcome the South Florida Bulls to the AP men's basketball was, top 25. I was watching a, a little bit of them and thinking of, uh, you know, I, I always say the fighting Brett Morgans and the, and the fighting Geos uh, because they have played some really good basketball down the stretch. And then when I was watching them over the weekend, I'm like, wait a minute. What conference are they in? I'm just sitting here trying to remember, and they'll be one American of the American. Yeah, yeah, but they'll be one of the ones. I'm trying to think if the AAC has as many as the ACC right now. I yeah, think they might have three or four as far as I mean, what they're the talking ACC's about. A lot bid wise, yeah. and but they're playing really, really good basketball. Ohio State uh, gets another win with their interim over the weekend. Anyway, we've seen some. Plenty of surprises, that's for sure. 13 wins in a row for South Florida. Credit to Amir Abdur-Rahim, the first-year head coach. Of course, was at Kennesaw State last year. If you're new to the program, I've been banging the drum for them now for weeks. Uh, Third time they've been in my ballot. They have won 13 games in a row, 19 of their last 20, multiple top 25 wins, 21-5, and the first in the AAC, not the ACC, the AAC, Mm -hmm. by two and a half games. Florida Atlantic, uh, by the way, got upset by Memphis over the weekend. And so while I think the Owls will certainly be in the field of 68, um, still some work to do for Dusty May and the boys, who philosophically, Matt, I mean, let's take college basketball out of this. For a team in the NIL era, in the era of the transfer portal, to say – we're bringing back our head coach, despite so many suitors from around the nation. We're going to pay him a ton of money. Able to keep him, yeah. And we're going to bring back our starting five. I know in football, obviously, it's 11 plus 11, so that's 22, so it's a little bit more difficult. But big picture. It's rare in college basketball. Yeah. It's rare in basketball. It's rare in football that you have that many guys who say, I'm not going to the next level. I'm not going elsewhere to a high major school. And say, we're going to run it back. I also think it's easier in basketball because it's – it's even more difficult to play in the NBA than it is to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's 
I mean, those guys can go overseas. They can play in Italy and France and all those places if you want to go really go play basketball. If you're that interested in earning money playing basketball, the D-League and all that. It's If you can make NIL money and stay, it's very smart to do that in college mm-hmm. basketball. Oh, yeah. Very because, smart. Yeah, because you start to Because the odds of you earning money playing basketball after college basketball, mm-hmm. very, very slim. Yeah. And so, yeah, take advantage of it. If you stay in one spot, you got a really good chance. Uh, to make your mark and then and have it pay off, uh, you know, for, uh, over the long haul. But Dusty Bay is a really really good story, and then obviously yeah. keeping those guys. But uh, all they got to do is recruit out of their back window. Just take a look at that surf, take a look at that ocean. Uh, that definitely helps. I should have known this um, when I did ask uh, if anyone had been to Florida, man. Uh, m- m- one of my dudes uh, from the Aug, uh, Rolly, he put the roll in Delhi, uh, and so he knows exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. So he said, Florida, man was incredible. He said a whole group of us were there. He said the evading arrest competition did not disappoint and uh, gives credit to uh, St. John's County finest. Evading uh, arrest competition. Yeah, the evading arrest competition. That must have been phenomenal. Did not disappoint. And he did he, SJSO, St. John's County finest. They were uh, involved in the in the in the bit. We may need details on that. Yeah, that sounds, right, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, give us a little bit more on that one. Because, look, I, I have, uh, you know, whatever, deputies down there. Uh, I can go down the list with those guys who I'm sure I will see uh, at the players coming up in just a few short weeks. But if Beaver or any of these guys were involved, uh, I, I do need to know about it because I bet they were they were cracking people up. Florida man. That's, that's just the best. Uh, all right, so – when we get back to the draft and everything, we didn't really touch on Justin Fields. We're yep. going to get Denny's take on this coming up in just a little bit because what's not to love about what you see from Caleb Williams and what's not to love if you're the number one overall, have the number one overall pick that you wouldn't go in that direction, especially after we've had all this discussion about Justin Fields to the point where Justin Fields says, I just want it to be over, meaning make a decision. I want to be here, which is what he's maintained. Naturally, he's saying that, uh, but – do you think there's a deal done quietly by the time this week is over with up in Indianapolis? So there's two arguments to this. Number one, yes, because you want to keep Justin Field, you know, mm-hmm. just do right by him mm-hmm. and find him a new team. And perhaps his stock will never be higher than right now. But the other side of the coin is, do you hold on to him? And if a team is to suffer an injury to their quarterback, their starting quarterback in training camp, now all of a sudden the price of the dollar also goes up. But can you bank on there being a significant injury in the preseason, I'm not so sure you can do that. Right, right. And that's the, the Because part. let's let's lest we forget, and sorry yeah. to cut you off, yeah. but like the the as much as he wasn't he was not viewed in the same light as Justin Fields, who many people believe could command a first or a second round pick, Gardner Minshew, from what I was told, the Jaguars were being offered a six round pick for him in April. Mm-hmm. What did he get dealt for in August? Mm-hmm. A six round mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, it didn't no And that six round pick may have actually been a fifth in April, and then it was just a six-round pick when push came to shove. Right, so not a lot of budging, not a lot of wiggle room, take it or leave it type of feeling. You may either get a little more desperate or a little more uh, amenable to the idea of doing a deal uh, the further along you get. But I don't know what – whoever takes Justin Fields is going to have to give him more money because that's what he's looking for uh, with that new contract, and then they're also going to have to know that they can win with him, and that's going to be the biggest challenge. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, a few other ones have been thrown up there. He will go and find some weapons in Atlanta to work with. Offensive line, okay, not great, but better than maybe what he had. Pittsburgh certainly represents a few of the same things as well. 
Those, those are two attractive places. He yeah, may not. It's also, look, and, and I, I agree with what Mia's saying. You, you got to do right by him. Mm-hmm. But the NFL's not doing right by anybody. They're, well, they're doing what's best for them. It's a cruel world. Yeah, it's a very cruel yeah, world. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I mean, they're waiting for their best deal. And I, right. yeah, that's probably why it's being – and I understand what he's saying. Just I just need to know where I'm going to be. Let me go. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? I get yeah. all of that. All right, we're going to say hello to the quarterback whisperer. Speaking of that quarterback possibility changing up in Chicago uh, as we head to the 2 o'clock hour, I do have to bring this up. It just cracks me up uh, because we started uh, with the court storming right here in the studio, XL Primetime. Thankfully, Denny got here late. I, I was involved in a court storming, tore up my ankle again right here inside the studio. But then I'm reading from ESPN, and it says, how about this? While scenes of masses of jubilant fans running onto a court date back to at least the black and white film days of the 1950s, in the modern version, fans spill onto the court and the participants, the, the uh, maniacal situation, it is tough to handle, and now it's getting out of hand. So this is the one part real quick. Official statistics aren't available, but according to an ESPN review, there have been about three court storms a week over the past three months in college basketball. That's what they said. Uh, and they had episodes on one Saturday in Louisiana, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. And then they finish off with rarely has anyone gotten hurt. But a 2004 court storm resulted in an Arizona high school star uh, becoming hurt. Uh, seriously. 2004. Okay, that's two decades worth. Okay, that shift's there's coming. just not a lot of mounting evidence as far as court storming is concerned. All right, we'll uh, storm the court with Denny Thompson in the two o'clock hour on Wakama Beer Company Monday right here on XL Primetime. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security, Register Sausage, and George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Hey! He is our dude when it comes to quarterbacks. See, I like this. Denmark, guns and roses. Well, you know what, dude? You can give like either Denmark or JJ your walk-up music. Yeah. You want to no, make the sure? No, I, 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 no, I like the I like the kind of Russian like roulette like pr- approach. Rug. Yeah, like I like to see what they like. All right, but Denmark, file that away. Well done. Yeah, file that yeah, away. Really well done. And, and, and by the way, I, I was you know I love this song because it does lead off to the chance that maybe Denny one day will compete in the Florida Man competition because we were talking about forty yard dash and everything last week mm. and they have the evading arrest competition and uh, you know that seems like one that we could find out exactly just how fast you really are uh, if you're running from the popo. I'm a little quicker than you may think. Yeah. But they're going to get me in steps like seven, eight, nine because I'm <laughs> gassed by that point. Uh, have you ever been in that situation, Denny? Running from a policeman? Evading. I have yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. I have not. Not that yeah. I'm willing to talk about on air right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I have <laughs> evaded before. Ditto. Yeah, I have evaded before, but I have never been arrested. So that, that way, I, at least I can, I can go with that. Uh, that's for sure. All right, welcome in. You had no idea you were walking into Florida, man. Uh, discussion. Uh, but they did have it over the weekend in, in, in St. Aug, and, and I was just looking for more and more examples of what did go down uh, there because they say Florida Man, there's just uh, something very special. I mean, it's uh, a great concept. Oh, yeah. It uh, really is. Yeah, and, and uh, there's not another state that, that has what we have because we have it all. I want to do like a, just a throwing competition. Yeah. And it can be 
Like, you could have Anthony in it, or you could have Larry down the street. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. whoever can skip a rock the most times. I can throw like that. that ball over That'd the mountains yeah, over exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. Right. Watermelon Absolutely. Toss. Throw everything. Yeah, yeah. watermelon cantaloupes, the whole deal. It, the whole thing. Speaking of og dogs, uh, Austin Reed getting yes. the invite to the Combine. And, yes. of course, you'll be headed out there later this week and be a part of a, a little bit of our coverage for 1010XL. But I know, like you, you, like you told us from the moment you sat down, the St. Augustine product is hyped yeah, for this he opportunity. Yeah, so excited. I uh, was with him this morning. It was motion capture day for us. Um, it was always fun. But you can just tell. Like, he is got the haircut, got the fresh haircut. He's bouncing around out there. He's throwing the ball remarkably well. He's going to test well. So, I'm just excited for Austin. It's um, Honestly, it's like the coolest thing is, is when you're been with Austin since he was young. And just to walk into the NFL combine with these guys that you've been with for so long, it's just a really cool feeling. What what does he do there you think that turns heads? Well, his arm's more, a lot stronger. Yeah, his arm's a lot stronger than what people think. Um, by every metric that we've used to measure it, he has got plenty of arm for the NFL. Uh, he's a very accurate thrower. The thing that Austin has going for him, he's got so much film. that This whole class does, actually, but – He's got so much film, and he's got he's so creative with the ball and what he does. And he's got film at every level. He's got film playing Ohio State. He's got film playing Division mm-hmm. Two, right? So right. it's it's probably a fairly easy evaluation. Now, when you get to see him, you know, hopefully run a good forty. But he's explosive. Um, he's going to throw as well as anybody else there. I think maybe with the exception of Joe Milton, who's going to throw the ball out of the yeah, dome. Yeah. Um, but you know, with as far as everybody else in accuracy and spin rate and all that, he's he's going to be right there at the top. So I, I would expect a good week. But he is doing everything. Yeah, we heard yesterday and today. I, think, I actually don't know. Like the, I don't. I know he's throwing. He's I know throwing. He's, he's going to do. He's going to do he's some sure. testing. I have no idea yeah. if he's doing the L drill. I, I oh have, yeah. yeah I but he's doing idea. some sort of drills. Yeah. And yeah. he will be throwing. Yes. Which is different than the Caleb Williams, the Jaden Daniels of the world, and it's also different. Jaden's not throwing. He's not. That's throwing. what they're saying right now. Ah, oh, come on, Jaden. Yeah. Uh-uh. And, Why? and you'll get – I don't even know if they're – like, basically – I'm surprised that you think that. Why would you if you're him? What do you mean? Why wouldn't you just go to your own your own situation, your own controlled Man, environment? Man, you ain't – If I – You're big on controlled environments. I'm huge on control. I'm also huge on competition. And I want to see that guy next to the other, I guess, 12 guys. Mm-hmm. I want to see him throw for throw. And, and and largely because I'm a fan of Jaden Daniels. Is right. he running? He hasn't I, said. I, I All don't I know. know is Matt Miller. So then why wouldn't why wouldn't if if you're gonna if if you look at it that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Caleb go and throw then? Well, because he's thought of as a number one pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think there's and Jaden is as high as two from a lot of for Jaden Daniels I, uh, I, will I, not work out at all. There, yeah. I think. So I'm not gonna get to collect on my bet. Yeah, I, that's what, that's I what want. this is all about. We are going to get this bet collected it's at gambling. some point, but we're going to have <laughs> to. No, we're not, because well, it, it, it doesn't count at his pro day. I that's was going to say, no. we might have some margin of error that we can put in no, there. Absolutely not. No, right, I know these it. pro day 40s. Uh-uh. Right, no, absolutely I was dying, not. Dying to find out J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, we had the 40 bet. Who was going to run I mean, the I mean, I think saying that, Matt, there's a little bit of greed to me, because I just like to be there and watch all these guys sure, grow. I, like, I just like to see that, but I – I think that's a mistake on Jaden. I, I think he throws the ball well enough that he can sit there with the other 11 guys and it nothing happens. Like, it's just, hey, like this guy's a legitimate, maybe the second pick. And then mm-hmm. you go flex at your – we did it with Anthony last Right, and that's what I was going to get at. Like, and I, I teased this in the 12 o'clock hour of the program. 
you have said to us on air, off air, Anthony doing everything at the Combine last year was a critical reason why he was selected fourth overall. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Well, to be fair, he had to he had to go do Yeah, it. we said that. I mean, when... Jaden Daniels has two years of starting, more than that, five years of starting tape. Anthony had how many years, how many games of starting tape? Yeah, he had well, the I least mean, amount. I, I, he just... didn't, nobody has, but I don't, I guess I have more questions. Let me back that up. Everybody knew how special Anthony's arm was. Right. Everybody. Right. Okay. Um, what we wanted people to see is how, Everybody was like, he's not an accurate thrower. Okay, well, we're going to go right here by C.J. Stroud, who is one of the most accurate throwers, and we're going to go throw for mm -hmm. throw for throw. And then we have this big range out. It's at your pro day because we don't have to answer those questions anymore. Now we can kind of flex. I, I just kind of think – I don't know. I think you kind of limit yourself. And, and I, 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 don't know, I don't know anything about anybody other than our guy, so I don't know what the league thinks of Jaden Daniels. Maybe he's hearing some information that I don't have access to that he's going, oh, I just got to sit right where I'm at and I'm yeah, good. I, I actually think he is because he really could only move up. He, the, the, potential is there is, uh, the potential is there for him to pass a Drake May or a Caleb, which is certainly possible if he were to take a chance to do something. But he probably says, I can do it in my own environment and I still can jump over them. Nothing is going to help me here. It's only going to hurt me. But going back to – I mean, we said this last year, Denny, and you were like not just the quarterback whisperer but the quarterback – prophecy that you laid out was that if he goes meaning Anthony Richardson if he goes he will skyrocket up the charts because I've told you a thousand times it is in and of itself a season the combine season no and doubt he nailed it no doubt no doubt I, I I just think for me personally when I look at this um I don't see the risk in throwing if you're Jaden Daniels I, I don't like because I don't think you're thought of as the number one overall pick mm -hmm. right now right um, and I don't know what you can do because pro days are, are largely at that point, you know, they're scripted, mm -hmm. you know, that everybody's going to do what their strengths are, all that kind of stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I think he had us a chance here to go and take at least that number two spot if he were to go and do everything, but you would but, agree. But that's okay. I mean, that, I, I'm not advising him and they probably, or they do know more than what I know about yeah. his situation, but you would agree that AR is a great example of the guy who had the most to gain in in like I'm talking like the well, last sure, decade or more. We knew what he was going to do. Yeah, we, we didn't go into the combine thinking there was any risk at all. Right, like we knew. Right, but you guys knew that. Yeah. It's well, just, all I'm saying is, from the outside looking in, the idea was, well, he's got to go there and show what he's got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I okay. I'm gonna go back a year and I'm I, I'll put y'all in my head here because what I was excited about and I'm pretty sure I, I told Mia the week of is. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what Anthony weighed. Yep. Right. And so there's You this, did tell me. There's this thing where it's like I started seeing everybody going, Hey, he's six five, two thirty, two, six, whatever it is. In the back of my head, I'm going, No, no, yeah. no, no, he's two fifty. Right. Right. And so he weighed in. And he's gonna like, run a four four yeah, at minimum. Like, he's two fifty? Yeah. And then he goes out a couple hours later and hits four four four. Yeah. Which should have been a four three nine if he'd have run straight. What? And everybody's like, oh, my gosh. And there's a value to that. There's a value to that initial, like, this dude didn't just come to compete. He took this thing over. Mm -hmm. And Jane Daniels is athletic enough that he could have done that. All right, let's, let's do one thing with the Austin Reed in mind. Mm -hmm. Because Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Right. How much has it changed in scouts' minds or GMs to pay attention to everybody that goes and competes? I, I think it's always been there. Um, I just think – He's the exception. 
mm-hmm. right? Like I, I think Brock is just the exception to the rule in the fact that he's just so smart and he's <laughs> he's such a gunslinger and he's mm-hmm. he's not scared of anything. Well, I also did just describe Austin Reed, yeah. right? They are the same person in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, and mm-hmm. so that helps. And Austin. both had a lot of college experience. Ton of ton of throws in college. It helps Austin because his two main comps, funny enough, are Brock mm-hmm. and Gardner. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. That's yeah. Right, right. So it just it kind of helps us that he's, you know, he here works with out us. with them. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right. So listen to this line and then we'll take this into the next seg. Uh, we're talking with our quarterback whisperer. If you guys got a question, 641-1010. Uh, but this is from one of the guys who's keeping track of the combine. When, when the long bomb sends everyone into a frenzy, he writes at the NFL Combine this week, just remember last year, 2023, 68% of all the passes thrown were nine air yards or less. Nine air yards or less, and NFL defenses are focused on stopping explosives. So let's at least talk about that. Well, take that five yards further. Yeah. Go to 15 yards and less, and that yeah. number goes to 90%. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so let's do that coming up because that's honestly what they're looking for is how can you move my offense down the field, which is what Brock Purdy did uh, this past year. It is XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Hour number three rolling on as we welcome the quarterback whisperer back into 10th and XL headquarters. I think you were you were here last week, Denny, or last week. I feel like we, we didn't have you. Yes, we didn't have you in studio last week. So no, it's been, you here. weren't in studio last oh, week. Oh, that's what it was. Uh-huh. I was gone. See that? I took President's Day. <laughs> the week before you weren't here, though. Uh, I think it was maybe here. it came Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. It was I after. think you were gone. You were at a press conference that week. So oh, yes. I've missed, I've missed being here. in the studio with Denny Thompson. <laughs> now I get to spend a whole week in Indianapolis with him. So, listen, all will be forgotten very soon over uh, steak and shrimp. Absolutely. What's, what, is, what is your preference um, in terms of I don't if you go to the, a steakhouse? No, I, listen, I don't do the St. Elmo shrimp thing. Yeah. I don't get it. I, 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 I don't get this. People go to Indianapolis to eat to get shrimp? A shrimp. Okay, I'll never do that. Okay, I'll say hello to my Schooners boys right now. No, my I just don't boys. get it, man. I will never go to the middle of America to get a shrimp. <laughs> it's ever. very like the Cincinnati chili thing. Yeah. I, I tried that. Can't do it. I've done the shrimp. It's fine shrimp. It's fine. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's yeah. like fine shrimp. I live in Florida. Why yeah. am I going to go to India? Yeah. Captain Norm, bring <laughs> me but some shrimp. But steak in the Midwest. I never yeah. understood steak that. Steak in the Midwest is different. Is this your first different. trip? Is this your first combine Yeah, it'll be trip? my first combine. Yeah, if you, somehow, some way. My third trip to Indianapolis, well, What you're going to find out is you don't really have a choice of where you're going. You yeah. just kind of go where everybody goes. I know. Yeah. You yeah. end up at, at Prime 47 most nights. Right. Yeah. Which, what is your order at Prime 47? I just try to get out of there. I don't eat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you were a steak guy or I am. I yeah. am. I just Filet, don't, I'm not a people guy. New York strip. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not a people guy. And, and Indy is, I mean, you are shoulder to shoulder for a whole week with, I don't know, 200 drunk media coaches right it's just not my scene but you love indianapolis i love indianapolis yeah you yeah i love indianapolis and you love the combine love the combine i just don't like the spring break scene around it yeah all right and look i i think some of them go for that but the deals do get done okay i 90 percent of what we get done in a year gets done in four days yeah it it is crazy because we won't find out about it until this is what i was telling uh, people earlier not like you would have any intel on this but will Justin Fields get dealt over this 
over this next week. Mm-hmm. It's highly possible that the parameters of a deal will will be figured out. Or even if we take the quarterback part of it out of it, mm-hmm. a Josh Allen extension. Yeah. Could it get done Any in four days in Indianapolis? Yeah, I think it's uh I think Indianapolis has just kind of become because I've done it. There's you know five or six different guys that I've needed to get with for the next last month. Mm-hmm. And then the last two weeks everybody's like, Oh, we'll just see each other. I'll see Indy. you there. And so you just push everything off until you know you're going to be in the same place with everybody for five days. Yeah, and, and that's also when people are freaking out about Josh Allen not getting any conversation going with Trent Baalke. There will be conversations that will get going at this particular time. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't know. Like the extension thing, I will tell you, the free agency world mm-hmm. runs through the combine. Yeah. Like that's a uh, – there's a lot of information flow. And I, I kind of take the approach of I just kind of sit back and listen, take a couple notes – um, because you have to decipher there too, like who's saying what you want them to hear huh, and who's right. actually, you, you guys know, who's actually knows what they're saying. You get a lot of 2, 2 a.m. tweets that are deleted the next morning in Indy. <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't we, know how I get to, we're, get we're to drink May about, from there. Like, from scouts and stuff. 167 from, right. guarantees. No, no, no. Okay. Mostly, from, mostly from media. Well, whatever, that too. But let's just make sure that's what you're talking about. Oh, right yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 160 guarantee. I didn't mean that. Uh, no, no. It, it, I found it last year. Is It's like <laughs> these media guys get together and they're in earshot of conversations. And I'm not – listen, if I'm a media guy, I'm doing the same thing. And then it, it's like at 2 o'clock in the morning, one of them's got this, oh, I know what's happening. And they'll fire it off. There was one about Anthony that I got very upset about last, yeah. last year. And then it's deleted because they realized that it has no, no merit whatsoever. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. If you want good entertainment, stay up between two a.m. and six a.m. <laughs> Central Standard Time. And no, they're Eastern Eastern Time Zone. Eastern yeah, time? they're Eastern okay. Time Zone. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I text you, but I don't text you at two in the morning. No, but I'll give you the rare weird text every once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. But you're fine with it. That's cool. Like last last year, somebody fired off a tweet uh, that somebody screenshot and sent it to me. It was like two thirty in the morning, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he has some draft. We use him here, mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. probably shouldn't say his name if I did remember it. But uh, he's like, what nobody wants to talk about is the character issues with Anthony Richards. I'm like, dude, this is the sweetest man in the history of right. the world. He, had a, right. he was an EMT before he like, got to college. It's actually the one thing he had going Fireman. for him. Right, and right. you're right. sitting there full of liquid courage and firing off some right. just BS text. He's That's out here he flying around the country to like local high school kids to go to their games and support them. It's unreal. It's yeah. unreal. Okay, away from the combine, real quick, I want to ask you this question because yeah. we were talking about this earlier. Um, my thing is, I would be just absolutely flipping over the moon if they went guard guard versus the Bills, the Jaguars, and just literally did everything they can to help him get better. I completely, one hundred percent agree with that. I, I don't think if you're the Jags, I, I. I I know everybody talks about best available and you got to, you know, plan for your future. And if this guy's forget that your future is 16. Yes. And if, if 16 don't work, nothing does. You're screwed. I don't know how you, there's no other way to put it. I I can't argue with that, but now you got two quarterback lovers over there that are saying this. I'm I'm glad he's on the same boat. We're not on the same boat all the time. Yeah. At the same time, (laughs) at the same time, best player available does mean something because you do want to get the best player with the highest opportunity you have to get the best player. Okay. If you get, never forget. All right. Let's just say verse drops. You pick verse. Yeah. What are you going to do about the fact you can't block? Again, I would be thinking about Jared verse as much as I would be thinking about you can't block. I'd be thinking about both. 
I, I just I think you have your guy mm-hmm. at quarterback. And if he's not your guy, it's going to be largely because it's your fault mm-hmm. that you can't protect yes. him. You can't. Like, I, I I don't think that the question is, is That's this a Trevor right thing? This is, can the Jags put the pieces around Trevor to give him a Hall of Fame career because that's his talent level? Right. I wouldn't look anywhere else. Like, I, that interior of the line is the only thing that I would have a draft board up for mm. for the first round. How about the wide receiver position? I'm good. You would be, I would say you would I'm be very – I'm with Danny all over again. Yeah. You would be <laughs> – those weird texts home. in the middle of the night are about to just suddenly <laughs> ju- exponential now multiply. Um, well, I thought I was like yelling into an echo chamber. Now finally hear Denny say he agrees. I'm like, all right. Go. You are familiar, though, with uh, several wide receivers in this class because sure. of you know sure. your quarterbacks throwing sure. to them, throwing against them. So tell us, how deep is this wide receiver core, wide receiver, wide, wide receiver cores, wide receiver class how deep are they generally? And maybe that's why you say, even in a deep offensive line class, I got to go offensive line over wide receiver. Well, I, I don't know how deep it is. I, I think it's top heavy. There's a the the dudes that are at top are really really good, and you're not going to get those guys. And then not Brian Thomas. Either. My, I mean, is he that guy? I love that guy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. he is. I, I have I no know. idea. Yeah. My point is. If you start looking down, what would they get? Maybe the third, fourth, fifth receiver? It'd be Marv, Malik, and then maybe Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Rome. Mm-hmm. Is, Rome that, is, is that guy, can you not get that guy next year? You might. In the year, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if it's Marvin Harris, like if I'm, if I've got a top pick, like if I'm Chicago even, and Marvin Harrison's attractive now, like if that, that guy's going to be in the league for 12 years. He's going to make 10 Pro Bowls, all that kind of stuff. That's a different thing. But if I'm, Picking where the Jags are, and I'm third or fourth. I don't. I don't I'm not that deep into the scouting of the receivers, but I got to think you can get something similar yeah. next year and the year like, after. You got to keep or on day two. Or well, day you got to get six. You got to keep sixteen on the yeah. ground or on the uh, off, off the, the ground. ground. Yeah. Right. You, that's the thing. You you have got if you want your receivers to work, and this is probably the best thing. You got to give sixteen time mm-hmm. well, because goes, right now it doesn't matter who you have. Yeah, it goes back to what we said before the break. The sixty eight percent of the passes. Nine air yards or less. Ninety percent, if you go, what did you say? Fifteen 15. yards or less, and the protection that a Brock Purdy gets, or three of the top four, heck, all four of the the final four teams that were in the NFL, they either have great quarterback play, or they make sure they've got steady quarterback play by being able to block them. And I think those uh those percentages are a little bit skewed because they're they're just taking ball flight travel, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I can throw a. 13-yard route that takes a little bit of time to develop. Maybe it's the second or third read. Or I can hit that drag across the middle like everybody's doing now mm-hmm. as I'm escaping the pocket three seconds, four seconds into the pocket, right? So there's a lot of ways to get to that. But the bigger point is you 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 can't play this game if you don't have some time to throw it. I don't, and if you don't have a window to throw it, if you don't have time to throw it. And the bigger thing is if you don't have confidence that you're going to have time to throw it because you can't call plays. And that's what I think happened to them this year is, yeah, we all know you got to push the ball, but they can't. No. They can't. That's why it's got to be six yards per attempt or whatever because they are just flat out trying to get the so ball. So I'm with Matt. I think you get the guards, and then all of a sudden your receivers get better. Take Ridley. I don't know what they're going to do with Ridley. But if all of a sudden Trevor has 2.7 seconds, well, now, Ridley, you go do what you do. Like, you mm-hmm. got – you just be somewhere in this spot in two and a half seconds, and he becomes 
a great receiver. But if you tell him, hey, I need you to get there this way because it's got to be on time every single time, mm-hmm. you're neutralizing his greatest asset. Yeah. Which is improvisation. Right. His route run. He's going to spin somebody around if you give him just a little bit just of time. a little more time. Right. Look, I, I'm, I'm all about shoring up the interior part. I'm just not all about spinning every bit of draft capital. I got you. Shoring everything. Last one for me before we head to the combine and before we take our next break, Denny. Drake May. Mm-hmm. Continues to be polarizing. There continues to be. I saw Merrill Hodge today says the inconsistencies are too uh, too evident. He wouldn't be picking Drake May in the top three. I'm curious, A, where is this coming from? And B, because maybe he's a product of his surroundings, would you consider him a top five, top ten prospect? Um, where it's coming from is this draft time. And so right. some, everybody needs something to say. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested. He's one of the ones that I'm interested to see. There's times where I'll watch him and he seems a little bit long, but I know his trainer really well, David Morris, um, with QB Country. And I've been just kind of paying attention to some of the stuff he's posting. And I mean, he looks good. It looks like David's cleaned that up. And so, I mean, his film is really good. Right. His film, you watch his film, it's really, really good. He does some good things. But. People like what they like, and the NFL especially. They just like what they like. And if they don't feel like you have that ability, that ceiling to beat Mahomes right now, mm-hmm. then you probably are not going to go in the top five. And how do you beat Mahomes right now? You probably need a guy that can make every throw that Mahomes can and is a little bit of a run threat as well. Drake, Wait, didn't Drake's he have- a good athlete. He's a good athlete, yeah. but I don't think he's like considered a twitchy guy like Jaden or even like right. Caleb. Yeah, I mean, Caleb is a very twitchy guy. Like if you catch – Drake may quick enough. He looks like a giraffe as opposed to a cheetah. And that's really what you like. And if you get him in open space, he can take off and he can make people. Well, we talked about this with nine rushing touchdowns last year. Well, great. Great for him. I mean, how many did Jalen have? I mean, it's, it's, that's a, he's a totally, I guess my point is Brock. I came in here week after week and y'all, and y'all were talking about how good he looked running the ball. Mm -hmm. Well, he's a four, seven, four, eight guy, but he's super quick. He's twitchy. Right, and that's what plays in the NFL is this guy's coming at me. I got to get away from him in the first three or four steps. Right, right. That's ninety percent of that's your that movement. giraffe thing I'm talking about. With right, Drake. yeah. And Justin Herbert suffered the same thing. Yeah, and I have no, and I'm not talking specifically about Drake because I really haven't seen enough to make that assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of, I'm taking the overall feeling right. of what I'm hearing. All right, uh, big man, enjoy it up there. I will. We appreciate it. Uh, send us a text at 2 o'clock in the morning, please. We appreciate it. <laughs> that uh, won't be for me. Matt's in yeah. love with you again. We need it <laughs> to the Love XL Primetime group chat. Yeah, someone is sending out a 2.30 a.m. text between the two of you. It's XL Primetime. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room in Fernandina Beach. Good stuff there. The wildlife location as well. You can find them on South 8th as you're entering the historic part of Fernandina and the wildlife location. Another beautiful tap room from Mokama. And you can find them when you're out and about on tap, which also is a delicious way to go. While we were catching up with the quarterback whisperer, both on and off the air, Bet Online AG and our friend Jimmy Shapiro sending out the early odds from Bet Online for college football conference championships. Let's begin by saying this. It is so sad, as I scroll this email, world's smallest violin, cue it up, um, that I only see, Matt, four Power Five conferences. R.I.P. the Pac-12. It's so sad. I see, I see the ACC, 
the Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC. Yeah, what's comical is you don't Nowhere even see to be found. you don't even see a Pac-12 team listed as a potential winner of any conference either, uh, including the one that they left or the one that they joined, uh, which is still a little something. By the way, Texas got a great shot uh, to win the Big 12, though. Just remember this, okay? <laughs> there are five to two pick to win the SEC. I can't imagine what they'd be to win the Big 12. Um, That's because- not the story. The story is. Only Arkansas, Mississippi, Arkansas, whose coach could be fired after this year, Mississippi State, who has a brand-new coach, and Vanderbilt, whose coach also could be fired after this year, have worse odds to win the SEC than your Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to Florida with you. You're such a Gator. 100 to 1 odds. <laughs> You're such a Gator, Homer. <laughs> No, I'm just kind of laying it out there, yeah, man. Yeah, oh, believe me, I understand it. I totally get what you're going. Dangerous <laughs> news floating around out there, and I'm just yeah, kinda, I Honestly, you know. I as much as I understand what you're saying and as much as I agree with everything you're saying, I have now like, kind of gotten on that defensive. Like You are absolutely bent in hot pursuit to have Billy Napier fired before the end no, of September. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm you are absolutely not. hot. I'm the guy this. who said he's either going to be coach of the year or he's going to be fired within the first I know, month but, of the year. But you are now – Trying to get him fired before the end of September, which may not be a bad thing for most Gator fans. No, I'm, out there. I'm trying to I'm trying to explain the the reality of you, you do not keep a coach, and I'm not even talking about billionaire. I'm talking about in general for a flipping recruiting class. You just don't. Well, the the problem is is that you don't have too many coaches. Let's make this the ten ten take uh, real quick, Denmark, because this is the part that everyone is fighting over right now. Now, Josie's 1010 Tape. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Good barbecue, that's what you're after, and they certainly can deliver. Just make sure you check out any of the area Sonny's on the go, always hot, always fresh. Make sure you check out your area Sonny's. And so this is the funny thing that I, I don't quite – like when Matt uses the argument, hey, you don't keep your coach just to keep the recruiting class, and I totally get it. But there are very few coaches out there that have the record that he has, Billy Napier, which you can recite to us right now with his record these last two seasons, which you recite and 14. Yeah. Okay. 11. You don't have too many coaches that are below 500 that, quote, have great recruiting classes. And that is suddenly where Florida Gator fans find themselves, where Billy Napier finds himself. And I, they just don't marry up. And so – if you do not have the guy that can deliver wins on Saturday, then fine. I have no problem wanting to get rid of him. But let's not use the idea that they're going to keep him because of that recruiting class because he's not adding up to wins. So I know that they want to see the team improve win-wise, but running him out in this amount of time, Matt, is right now the one thing I think that seems a little either – well, it's social media – reflexes is what it is right now because you haven't seen what his third season is going to look like just yet. You haven't. You think it's social media reflexes. Well, when you keep trying to fire him all the time, and I know it was a 11 and 14 is not good. It's not told- it's not losing to Vanderbilt in South Carolina and Kentucky and Missouri. That's it's yeah. not that. It's social media. Yeah. That's what well, you're saying. Like like I said, social media it's not reflexes. 14 losses in two seasons. I I am not defending that. I'm not. You just are trying to fire him faster than no, anybody else out there. No, 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 no. The reality is Scott Strickland believes in him. 100% believes in him. But it's just right? so funny that we're, the whole idea is we're trying to keep the recruiting class. Uh, no, all I'm saying is, well, the class finished number 16, Joe. Yeah, yeah. You could get any coach at the University of Florida, and they'll finish in the top 16 I would think in recruiting. So. And my, that's my whole point, is that you're not just trying to keep him to keep that recruiting class, because that recruiting class, while it may be good, it's not great. It's not Kirby Smart level 
as well, far as a recruiting it's, it's class also, goes. Unless you're Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, you're not building through high school recruiting. Right. And they recruit and win. That's the, also the big difference between these two. So anyway, I just love the fact that you are trying to can him before September. I'm not I, trying to can him. No I, I think mind. he's going to be coach of the year or yeah. he's going to be fired yeah. in the first month. Yeah. That's De- it. Denmark, before we get ready to say hello to the Frangie Show, let us hit a that, please, real quick. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some running back news on the free agent slash franchise tag front from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Raiders will attempt to re-sign free agent to be running back Josh Jacobs, but are not expected to tag him. Meanwhile, the Giants will speak with free agent to be running back Saquon Barkley to explore a long-term deal, also unlikely to tag him. And finally, the Cowboys not expected to tag free agent running back Tony Pollard, the Titans will not use the franchise tag on Derrick Henry, and the Chargers expected to let Austin Eckler explore the open market, again, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Yeah, so that it's just the age of the running back is old age. That's what it is. They're, they're done. Whenever they and, and by the way, Derrick Henry held on as long as anybody. He really did. Um, Look, so real quick, they're showing like all these stort cormings on ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are jumping up and down, screaming happy. Every one of them's got their phone up in the air. Yeah, all the holding time. Holding their phone in their hand. All recording it. And it used to be where they would run out and it would just be their hand. Yeah. And now it's all the phone. That's all you it's ever all see. And there it is. They're it's showing that 2004 Zapruder film of the player who suffered a devastating injury in a yeah. 2004 right. quarter. Okay. In- back injury. Not two, to, not, no relation to I'd, Mike K. I don't had to think. learn how to walk again. Yeah, two decades ago. But, well, sad. That's, there hasn't been a lot of them since then. Don't give me that while sad. All it takes is one. One. I can't believe we ended the show the exact same way we, we, we started the show, with Matt preaching doom. It's XL Prime Time. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. I heard about uh, Frank Frangie's shoes earlier today. Not it was, uh, well, well, they, it was quite, quite a big on. deal. Uh, on Mike, Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, by his own admission, says I wouldn't know if you told right. me what they are. Uh, they're Cole Cole Han, fashion. Cohan casuals. Right, it, Maddie? It sh- right? It, okay. it shook Jaguars today up. They, There's they no question. Yeah. It got off to a rough start right out of the gate. Yeah. So. Yeah, they didn't know what to do. All right, but you are dressed and ready to go. Dressed yes. to, uh, to, to go to Indy and, and cover the Combine. And look, I hope a lot of good stuff comes out of the Combine. Uh, not only for Jacksonville, but just for all the chatter and everything as far yeah. as this draft class. The best part about the Combine, I've been enough times now to know, mm-hmm. it's about the convention. Yeah. It's about Prime 47 and St. Elmo's and who goes and who tells who what. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out all kind of stuff. Uh, I found out last year at the Combine mm-hmm. about going to London for the two games. Uh-huh. Now, 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 and, and, and I'm look, I don't go around saying, hey, I know what I didn't tell you. I'm not that right. guy. But I did, but I was told that, mm-hmm. and then told whatever you do, don't tell anybody. Right, you know. So, so you find out little stuff sure. like that yeah. uh, when you're there. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, Doug, both Doug and Trent are going to come on one on one live mm-hmm. after they do their podium thing. That'll be good. You'll have that. And oh yeah. So, and we'll play it again on our show as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe how they're perceived. Mm-hmm. Last year they were perceived as the ultimate upwardly mobile team. Yeah, that's which a good is the one. Way that, which is the way the Texans will be perceived this year. Oh yeah. So will the Jaguars be perceived as a, well? They had their chance and blew it, 
Will the Jaguars be perceived as they're still close? They just they 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 tumbled at the end. I'll be interested. Not it's just how a, we perceive them, but how the league perceives them. I, right? I think it's a good one to follow, and I think it'll be interesting hearing what you hear and what me and Hayes hear yeah. because I, I, the way you sold it is one hundred percent true. Yeah. Now after twenty seventeen. Probably people still had a, yeah. a little bit of a whatever question mark because yeah. the quarterback and the coach. Well, they had the quarterback yeah. and the coach after this so last run, right. and then we all yeah. know what the Maddie. The funny, the, the the startling thing in a good way that we found out is when Hayes told me that Mia said she's buying the stakes at St. Elmo's. I didn't know that going in. That is once, a nice once, gesture. Once, I mean, I mean that what UNF what a, what a, what uh, adjunct wanted, money hitting the adjunct hitting money pays for the big ribeye. Who would I would have never guessed yeah. that. So. Now I'm really pumped. She up. knows you're going to get like a ribeye. Yeah, of course I am. I'm going to get the big. And she's the top. I've been to a steakhouse. Remember in Nashville, SEC Media Days. Yeah, we've done this I, I have been we've through done this. this before. And we? when I was in Destin last weekend, uh, made sure to get it Oscar, Oscar style. So I am more I than ready. We have dragged Mia out to the mm-hmm. Frank's Got to Have a Steak Night, haven't we? Yeah. I, I, you've you've yes. lived it. Haven't oh, you? I'm prepared. <laughs> I am mentally, emotionally ready. <laughs> Good. So, so you are that. So, no, but I'm looking forward to. it. We're going to talk a little bit. Obviously, a lot of things to talk about today. Great rumble. Mia did a great job on the mm-hmm. sidelines for that. What, that was a terrific football, uh, basketball game. It was a – I said it, it just – and we talked about it in the 1 o'clock hour. Like, it, it, I don't want to use the term muck it up yeah. because that's a bad negative yeah. connotation yeah. to Jordan Mincy's team. But the but physicality – right. They, yeah. they out-physicaled UNF but, but, down but the stretch. I've been to both rumbles, okay? Mm-hmm. The first rumble at UNF, uh, right. Matthew Driscoll went right. to a zone that confounded JU mm-hmm. and won the game. Mm-hmm. The second rumble at JU, JU went to a double team on Chaz Lanier, ran a second guy at him, confounded UNF. So both coaches in the rumble mm-hmm. came up with a defense that confounded. Did you agree with that? Were there any court uh, well, stormings? it was funny. No, the rumbles? No, no court storming. Any court storming no, in the rumble? Yeah, we're going to talk all about court yeah, storming. Yeah. Uh, no, what was interesting was pregame, I, I get to talk with all the coaches during yeah. shoot around, and uh, assistant coaches Trevor DeLoach and Troy Pierce yeah. for JU had both said to me that. Watching the tape back, there yeah. was a clear idea they had for a defensive adjustment right. from the last time out, and that they would employ it. And so, when it came to fruition, yeah, I, I felt yeah. pretty good saying that in my first hit during the pregame show yeah. because I was like, "All right, cool, yeah. there yeah. it is." And and by the way, uh, tip of the cap, Mia grinded on that thing. I, you were you were you were grinding. I, I got tired watching you run across the court, so Mia was working hard. I said, yeah. and I saw it firsthand. So uh, getting my steps, 10,000 a day. All that coming up just a bit. Thanks. Guys. All right, we got the Francis Show coming up next. We look forward to not only this afternoon, but what comes up tomorrow. Safe trip up there. Thank you. Uh, we will you, have it. You, know, you would think if it's called the Rumble, yeah, that you would have court storming. Arm I'm of, telling arm you, of, if there were more fans at the UNF women game, women's yeah. game, there would have been. Because when you have a, a game-tying buzzer beater in overtime with 0.1 seconds, they rush it, and then they got to do the double OT, and then, you know, no one talks about that. Well, all I know is that I'm looking for the next one that they have in uh, 2044, uh, something <laughs> like that as far as the evidence goes. All right, we are done. Thanks to Mokama Beer Company. Don't forget Mokama.com. You can log on see all their great craft, and then, of course, find them in Nassau County, in Fernandina on South 8th, or the Wildlife location. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Big Surs in Denmark. Good job.